and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is time once again for the Snob Chat. The Snob Chat this month is episode 31, and of course, I have, as always, I am joined by little sissy herself. Shay Simone, say what's up, buddy. What's up, everybody? How's everyone doing? It's Noodle Sunday. Hello. We're alive. <laughs> Some fucking hell. Again, joining us, the doctor is in. Dr. Gina Delgado. Gina, what's Hi, up? Hi, everyone. Hello. And live and direct from the Broadway production of Cats, uh, it is Nicholas, Mr. Nicholas Ripley. Hey, what's up, buddy? What's what good, everybody? I don't know why he's saying Cats. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this month, I have a very special guest, my very good friend, Mr. Aaron Lana. Aaron, what's up, buddy? Hey. Hello, how's everyone doing? Good. Pretty good. Now, I am super excited for this month because we brought Aaron in because Aaron is an expert. He is the expert on all things gigantic and monstrous. We're talking about kaijus, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron, say hello to everybody and tell them about how much you love kaiju. Oh, gosh. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Aaron. Um, I met Will through work, so we work together. Um. I've loved kaiju movies, specifically Godzilla, my whole life. My dad was really into Godzilla, so I had the VHS tapes, like his VHS tapes from when he was little. So that's kind of how I got into it. I've just always been into it. And did you not go to G-Fest last year, too? Yes, I go every year. That's like my favorite place on earth. <laughs> and G-Fest is the largest gathering of these kaiju weirdos in the United States and takes place every year in Chicago. I think it's actually the largest in the world, if I'm not mistaken. You would know better than I would, Aaron. You're, you're the one that's there. You would know better than I would. Now, let's get to our normal whatever the hell we're doing. But before we get to our first topic, which is kaiju movies, I wanted to say congratulations to uh, everybody that's got something going on today. Nick, your book comes out. In what two weeks? Yeah, uh, the second of February. <laughs> That's right. Winter of Doves, right? Is that what it's called? Winter for Doves. Yep. Winter for Doves. Yeah. Then we have Shay, of course. Her movie "I'm Everywhere" is finished and is in ADR. Your film is done, and your book, "Just Another Media Eating Dirtbag," is available on Amazon. Correct, mm-hmm. Amundo. Thank you. And Gina made it to Sunday, so great job, Gina. I got published too. I just didn't get published in anything y'all would read. <laughs> Listen, Gina, I made it to today, and that's all I can hope for, okay, bud? <laughs> all right? Now, traditionally, what we do is our first guest will pick one of their movies, and we'll talk about it. So with that said, Aaron, hit us with that good stuff, buddy. Okay. Um. So I just pick one of the ones I chose. That's to talk it. About. Just one first, of them. Sorry, we'll go this in order. is yep. new to me. First podcast ever, guys. So I'm a little new. Well, we're excited to have cherry. you, honestly. so the first movie i want to talk about that i chose was destroy all monsters um which is a godzilla movie um and it came out in 1968 um the reason why i want to talk about this movie first is because it is my favorite godzilla movie of all time and it is also the first in the order of the three movies I chose from the Showa era. So the first continuation of the Godzilla films. Okay. And what about this movie is makes it your favorite? I have to ask. Okay. Okay. There's so many things. Um, so this was originally supposed to be the last Toho Godzilla movie. 
Um, it is the, let me think, one, two, three, four, five, I think it's the ninth in the, the series. So it was supposed to be the last one because what they did is they brought all of the kaiju in. So Toho, like their original movie was Godzilla, right? 1954. Um, then they did a one-off, which is Varen the Unbelievable which Varen is a separate kaiju who got his own movie. And they did that with a couple other kaiju, like Mothra had her own movie. Baragon was in uh, Baragon versus Frankenstein um, first. And then they brought them all together in this movie. So it's like the original OG Avengers, like Infinity War Endgame type deal for like <laughs> Toho. So that's why I love it so much. Cause you get to see all the obscure kaiju that like are lesser known from their own movies make their way into like godzilla because godzilla was obviously the most famous of the bunch so it made all these other obscure kaiju well-known famous names too which was cool i love that and anything with mothra in it i'm in because oh yeah i love me some mothra all I three of my that. movies i chose have mothra <laughs> i'm looking at the i'm looking at the uh at the pictures, like images of the movie and posters and that kind of stuff. Uh, and I was immediately going like, does it have everyone in it? Because it's, it's, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, uh, well, obviously not everyone, but like uh -huh. it has like all the main ones from that time period, which is so cool. Like it's a big deal. And like that movie brought Toho out of like, because they were going in debt um, with the movies. They weren't doing as well as they were. And that movie like pulled them out and gave them a resurgence to continue the Godzilla film franchise, which is so cool. Like it's it's such a cool movie. I love it. What is the, the three-headed one, the three-headed dragon one called? Um, it's King Ghidorah. Ah. Yeah. Or Monster Zero. Yeah, that one's that's that's like Godzilla's number one arch nemesis. So <laughs> cool. this one even has baby Godzilla in it. Yes, yeah, really? actually, it's so Son of Godzilla came out right before it. Um, so it's the second one with baby Godzilla. Yes, it's like and love that. Aaron thinks baby Godzilla's cute, he's quite ugly. Yeah, he is. He's he's ugly, cute though. He's like a pug. <laughs> yes, he's like a, he, he does look like a pug. So yeah, he is like super ugly, cute. It's kind of funny, actually. I, I love. This is why I wanted you to be here, because I would not have known Jack nor shit about what you just said. <laughs> I would not have known any of that. And you just filled in all those gaps perfectly to tell us that, like, this movie basically saved this fran this entire franchise. Yeah, yeah, it did, which is so This cool. is the Iron Man of Godzilla movies. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That That's so cool. And see, that's the thing that I, that I think is so interesting, because... During the 50s and 60s, there was this huge boom. And this is the ninth film in 10 years. So, I mean, you could talk about, you know, superhero fatigue now, but obviously the Japanese were having big monster fatigue in the yeah. mid-60s. Yeah. And, like, even when, like, ev almost every single year has a Godzilla movie that released. Um, but even in between, they had their own, like, one-offs without Godzilla in them, but, like, under the same name, same, like, um movie structure i guess like the i'm trying to think of the word you know like the same yeah. kind of like recipe yeah as the, same the other themes. ones yeah yeah mm -hmm. so like 
I mean, really, ever since the first Godzilla, there was another kaiju movie every single year, even not from Taha, like other companies tried to capitalize on like the success of Godzilla 2. Well, it's funny. Our timing on this is perfect because I think they just I was just reading something where the Korean version of Godzilla is getting released this year, even though it's been lost for like 40 years. Oh, really? See, I didn't know that. Is it the volcano kaiju movie that's coming out? No, no, it's from the like 50s or 60s, and it's like it's got its name is like Garakaranan or something like that. And it was a mm-hmm. Korean co worker went to see it. Yeah, it was like a Korean version of Godzilla, mm-hmm. and it was their response to it. I think it was North Korean funded, and that's why it never got released. But, oh, um, that's interesting. I'll have to check that out. It just came out. I forgot to tell you about it, but I was that was that was going to be the thing I sprung on you here because I was like, I know he doesn't know, I know he knows everything, but not everything. Yeah, I did that, definitely did not know that. No, it just came out. And Godzilla minus that, one? No, no, that's the new one. We'll talk oh, about that later. We'll get yeah, there, Gina. We we love that one. <laughs> don't, you, don't you worry. We'll get there. <laughs> Thank you for that first pick. That was a great freaking pick. And I, I, I've i actually seen this movie. And Destroy All Monsters is one of those movies that's so iconic at this point because it brings together everybody doing their own thing. And then you've got yeah. your Ghidorah. You've got your Mothra. Is it Rodan in this one also? Yeah, so it's... um. So it's King Ghidorah is the the enemy, right? And like this, I guess the story of it. Let me go through real quick. So this alien race tends to take over Earth, um, and they want to like invade us and take us over and all that stuff. So what they do is it's set in the future. So it's actually set in the year two thousand, even though the movie came out nineteen sixty eight. It's actually set in the year two thousand. But like all the monsters have been captured and they're collected and put onto Monster Island where the humans like us like keep them in like captivity. It's like a little zoo, like so that they don't kill us all essentially. So they're like earth's monsters. They're not like good guys, but they're like also not against us. Cause they're like in captivity. Well, they brainwash and take control of all the monsters and release them from monster Island. So all the monsters are like destroying the major cities around the earth. And then the, like the Keylocks, the alien people are like, um, you know hey uh we're gonna kill all of you guys with all these monsters if you don't give us earth and then we free the monsters mind control so then they fight back and then they send king Ghidorah on us but obviously all the monsters our monsters earth's monsters band together to defeat Ghidorah together so yeah it has um has king Ghidorah godzilla minya baby godzilla um angiris mothra Kamanga, which is a giant spider from Son of Godzilla, Baragon, Manda, Varen, Gorosaurus, which is like one of my all-time favorites. And then I think, did I say Rodan? Rodan's in it too. You did. Yes. Our, our bird lord, Rodan. Yes. Rodan <laughs> is the bird lord. Uh, our big pteranodon. Yes. And and, and, and Giris is like a spikosaurus. Can, yeah, can you rank, can you rank your, your favorite, your top three monsters from this movie? From this movie or like yeah. all time? This so from movie. This movie. From this okay, movie. okay. So it would be Gorosaurus. Then it would be Manda, which is the like sea serpent, dragon looking one. And then my third one, oh gosh, Baragon, <laughs> which is like, he looks like a dog. He's not in the movie very much because, fun fact, actually, the suit was damaged from Frankenstein versus Baragon. Frankenstein conquers the world. Um, the suit got damaged. So 
there was a scene where he's supposed to be digging out of the ground in Paris, but Gorosaurus replaced him in the final cut of the movie because the suit was damaged. So he got cut out of that scene. And even in the movie, um, when they're discussing like these monsters are attacking these cities, they even say Baragon is attacking Paris because originally he was supposed to be in that scene, but they had to cut it last minute. Gotcha. I love it. I love it. Now, that's a great first pick, and this is a perfect segue to our second pick, which will be brought to us by the doctor herself, Gina. Ah, what well, you got I, for us? I have a Kong Skull Island is the first one that I that I went. It was a 2017 one. Yes. Uh, I don't know much about uh, uh, monster movies, but I kind of like it when I don't know the genre that well, because then I go down little rabbit holes here and there. <laughs> um, okay. And so, uh, so with this one, I really enjoyed how they made um, King Kong. He, he had he had a personality. Like in in his in his battles, he has a personality. He's not just ah, and then that's it. You know, like there's a moment where like he gets wrapped up in chains in a battle, and then he sees that the chain is next to a propeller and is like I can use that as a weapon you know and you can see it in his face and so I I just like how um like specifically when he's he's uh battling against this the skull crawler or whatever John C. Riley ends up calling him that uh I just like how it's strategic and there's even like wrestling moves happening in this battle (laughs) he just like flips on the ground you know um another thing i liked was the it it actually did look like a brock lesnar match (laughs) and it had like um i I really liked even though i did look i I down went down the rabbit hole and i saw some other people who had some um reviews of this movie and they were like the characters just seem like hollow like you have, you know, you have the guy who plays Loki, Tom Hiddleston. You have Tom Hiddleston, who's like, they only mention like one thing about his background and then that's it. And then like Brie Larson's is just like, she's a photographer and then that's it. Like that there's no substance. And I'm like, honestly, sometimes I feel like we don't need that. I feel like sometimes we need to focus more on like the actual like Kong. We're not going to, we're not going to go off the story about Tom Hiddleston and whatever the hell else he had for breakfast. Like, I don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for me, it felt like the characters were good. My favorite character is John C. Riley. Uh, he plays a really funny character. Um, and he says the weirdest shit, but, um, that's probably for me, it was not, it was entertaining to me. It had all the little, I'm very easily entertained. Okay. You can't, like you can give me Barney and I'll be entertained. So for me, she likes, I, she likes I, pretty I, lights and big monsters. So yeah, you know, it was <laughs> flashing and I lights. Like the color, I like the color schemes they used in this film. There's a lot more oranges and, and yep. greens and like I don't know why, but like I felt the color palette was good. So what's funny about this is one of the biggest concerns I had about this movie was that Jordan Voigt Roberts, the director, all the movies he'd done before this were like these tiny little movies, like these small little things that you wouldn't think would institute. I need to make a giant kaiju movie, Kings of Summer, successful alcoholics, nothing in and and a bunch of TV shows, nothing in his filmography said, I should be the one to direct this giant ass movie about a big old gorilla. Yeah. But he did it and he did a great job. And I like that you mentioned the cinematography because Larry Fong, the director of photography is, is actually a genius. He was a he was a cinematographer on Watchmen. Okay. And, and also uh, on Damsel, which is a, a, a lesser known film, but 
Watchmen's a beautiful film, and and so is this film. Even if the characters, and you must have been read my review, are a little bit hollow, it doesn't really matter because Kong's a badass motherfucker, and we don't care. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. he's just body slamming dudes and yep. making sure you know to take care of business. And honestly, I love this movie. Shay, Nick, Aaron, what do you guys think of this movie? It's been a while since I've seen uh, Kong Skull Island, but yeah, I remember loving the crap out of it. Like it was, it was a joyride for me. <laughs> I um I haven't I actually haven't seen it yet, but Gina on your note about the wrestling moves. Um I, so we were going down the the Godzilla rabbit hole last night, me and Landon, and we were just watching some of the fights. And there's that one iconic scene. Uh, Aaron, you you gotta help me out. I don't know which Godzilla movie it was or what Godzilla property or whatever, but it's the one where Godzilla literally uses his tail till like have himself like glide across the ground and then uses his feet to like kick and smash into like some other monster and it's like the funniest thing ever but i'm like it's literally that's one of the most (laughs) like one of the greatest things i've seen on the internet in a while is like literally kaiju monsters and stuff are are kind of they're kind of like wrestlers it's (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> like basically like vi- i think it could go vice versa because when you say also like they um they gave kong personality i think that makes it that adds a, a lot more to it um when the kaiju do have like some sort of personality and i think that's what's really interesting and really captivating about um stuff especially like godzilla because i've found i'm super new to it but i found that they every single godzilla or iteration of godzilla has a different personality yeah uh, which i'm gonna get into later but um yeah well, i'm sure I, we'll get into it a lot sooner than you think <laughs> <laughs> i'm like, certain about that gina that's a great first pick i like that you chose a newer movie because aaron chose a little bit of an older movie so it's a good dichotomy a good juxtaposition between the two films and i love that you chose a, a king kong movie because now aaron didn't have to pick one he said that to me yesterday and i laughed my ass off yeah i love kong i'm not gonna lie but like definitely i'm a godzilla stand first so i like listen and since they have such a big rivalry like since i love godzilla so much i like low-key have to hate kong kind of right (laughs) even though i secretly love him too listen the best movie he ever made is 80 years old so (laughs) i have so much i can say about kong skull island um honestly 2017 like I love that movie for so many different reasons like I so the 2004 um was it Peter Jackson King Kong movie I loved that one so much but that one is kind of like a reskin of the original yeah and I expected this to be a like a third reskin um in a way and it wasn't which I thought was so refreshing like it was just its own take like it had absolutely nothing to do with the original kong lore and i love the cinematography is my favorite thing about the movie like the the colors the themes like it's set in the 70s so like it has that older vibe um most of the characters are like like you know military men so you're kind of like following it um, looks like a vietnam war movie yeah exactly exactly and then the music like the soundtrack i have it on vinyl it is so good like without mentioning that like it's just not doing the movie justice because like that's amazing you know when you said that that it that it doesn't really um 
refer back to the to the original King Kong, you know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. It does a little bit in the scene where Brie Larson gets knocked off the cliff and then she yeah. into the and then and then you see his hand go in and pick it up. Yeah, that's true. a little yeah. nod right there because there's yeah. always a woman in his hand. Always, he always has a girl <laughs> in his hand. He he loves him a good he loves him a good blonde, whether it be Feyre, whether it be Feyre, Naomi Watts, or Brie Larson. He loves him a good blonde. Yep. I gotta say, you mentioned this soundtrack, Aaron. This soundtrack fucks so oh, hard. Yeah. CCR, yeah. Black Sabbath, Ziggy Stardust is on this bitch. The Hollies, like there's just White Rabbit from Starship, mm-hmm. Jefferson Starship. Like this soundtrack fucks, man, and it's so good. Like that's a great pull, Aaron. I love this soundtrack. I didn't even think about it till you mentioned it. I was like, damn, that music was great in that movie. It has Not a lot late. of good actors too, and like this being the second monsterverse film so this is like technically a sequel or like a spinoff i guess to the 2014 godzilla the legendary godzilla um that uh what is gareth edwards did yeah um it like added so much depth because like they're they're doing their own like marvel cinematic universe like mcu like uh the monsterverse is doing its own thing that's similar to that so they're doing like spinoffs and they're doing like where they're together like godzilla vs kong they were together but this added so much more depth to that and like it made it real that we're gonna get to see like two big name monsters like fight again essentially so like that was cool too that i really liked this is probably my favorite monsterverse movie other than godzilla king of monsters that they've released in the most recent years i like that sequel uh the only problem i had with that movie was there was too much focus on the monarch stuff man it was it was fine yeah it it took away from the movie a little bit that's a great pick i i I love i love the two movies we've we've done already so far so let's keep it going nicholas yep (laughs) my feline friend it's your turn um okay so i'm gonna go with the uh the goofiest movie in my list because Quite frankly, it's the one that I've watched most recently. So basically for a forward on this, I remember there being a TV show named Ultraman back in the day. I don't know if anybody else knows about it. I know all about it. Hell yeah. Me, Aaron and I have debates about this all the time because I'm a big Ultraman guy. I love Ultraman. He fights I, guys. I, I love I, I loved it as a kid. I I gotta say this movie that I watched though was uh was kind of was kind of funny. It was uh, Ultraman Great: The Alien Invasion. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. That um. Let's just say I watched it like a total of three times trying to understand what the hell was going on. I don't I, think I, I don't I, know why you did that. <laughs> I still don't think I understand what the hell. It was going on like it was in English and <laughs> like the plot points were like somebody was pressing fast forward just to get to like the monster fights which I was okay with because I was like okay whatever here to see like big monsters you know face Ultraman or whatever but it was just I if you asked me what that movie was about I couldn't tell you but it was <laughs> such be cheese that it, it was it was enjoyable for that reason like i don't I, I tried watching it with uh with my partner and like they were literally like what the hell are we watching listen i know i know shannon was just as confused as you were oh yeah yeah, yeah. as she should be as you should be because that movie makes no goddamn sense at all we were both wondering 
why you didn't pick like Shin Ultraman or like the 66 Ultraman TV show, which you can't pick, but the 67 TV uh, movie you could pick. I don't know why you didn't pick any of those. You chose the literal bottom feeder of all the Ultraman movies. <laughs> you fucking goof. I Look, I saw like a list of movies and I was like, Ultraman the Alien Invasion. That sounds like it's going to have a lot of monsters in it. And it did, but you know... Can't tell you what the hell the story was, but, you know, hey, it was fun. <laughs> Listen, the story of this movie is the same as every Ultraman movie. Ultraman find villain, Ultraman beat villain up, Ultraman win. Yeah. Yay, Japan. That yeah, is the story of all Ultraman movies. Australia, though. Weirdly. Yes. Yes. It's, just, <laughs> it's giving me such Power Ranger vibes. I love it. it. You know, the we'll get to that. It looks like Power Rangers in a lot of ways, but, like, if you actually, like, look at what little plot there really is like people are dying and like getting shot and <laughs> i'm like, sorry i'm laughing the character says shit and i'm like who is this for <laughs> like what i don't okay <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense it just has to have giant a, a giant man robot beating up other monsters that yeah. is the point of ultraman that, that is, you know, I, I, that's what I signed up for. And man, I got a lot of it because there's a lot of monster fights in this. Like every two seconds. It's great. Like it's, it's, it's literally the Royal Rumble of giant monsters versus Ultraman. He comes in at number one in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And he has to fight all the monsters and throw them over the top rope. Pretty much. Yeah. Like literally just line after line. I was like, oh my God. Like. I don't know what the hell is going on, but okay. Like they, they spent a lot in like uh, the effects for like the explosions and stuff. So, Hey, good on. Listen, listen, this. Okay. It's awesome. (laughs) I'm going to tell you a story. I was at fantastic fest in 2018. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm there and they're doing a screening of 1967's Ultraman. Cause that's what that festival does. They do horror, they do sci-fi, they do weird kaiju movies. And that's what the festival's about. And Ultraman came on, and I, it's the first time I'd ever seen an older kaiju movie in the theater. Never seen it before. You got to see it. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's exhilarating. It's a thrilling experience to be in a theater full of people just enjoying. And the thing about the Alamo Draft House is they give you a full food, full plate of food, and you can keep buying drinks at the Alamo yeah. Draft House. So you are shit-faced. I'm not, but they are watching Kaiju, watching <laughs> Ultraman beat the shit out of a giant monster. It is amazing. You have not been to a movie experience until you've been to that movie experience. And Gina, I see you over there being like, yeah, uh-huh. Yes, because I freaking love it. That's my favorite thing to do. It's but you know you're at, if you start drinking, your ass will be asleep before the first intermission, bro. Oh, shush. Okay, I'm drying until <laughs> March, so I'm dragging until March. Oh boy, then in in April it's going to be April showers. Oh boy, oh Wine boy for days. Oh Jesus! All right, somebody get her a red, please. Thank you. Uh, because you know she's a red bitch like that. <laughs> she just is. Uh, Nick, that that movie's crazy. Uh, has anybody? I have not actually seen this movie, and I'm like looking at pictures of it right now online, and don't. it just looks like a lot is going on. <laughs> let me let me tell you, don't. <laughs> it's it's not good it's not good at all i'll it's definitely be good, watching I, I need to i just need to like educate myself <laughs> with this one on youtube it's free it's 
Oh, but wow. still don't okay. do it don't do it it's not even worth the the search it's so bad <laughs> <laughs> well like i don't know why i'm having such a hard time finding it <laughs> any information about it yeah i know that that's what like was bugging me because that like i went into this like expecting like a full-on japanese movie and they're all like australian so i was very confused <laughs> i was like wait what that should be a what? fan film well it's actually it's an australian low budget uh film made sort of like okay so it's sort of made in a way where like they knew that japan wasn't going to come after the copyright so they just called it an ultraman movie that's why it's called ultraman great mm-hmm. i didn't know that it's sort of like a like a hey here's your 99 cent store version of ultraman have fun <laughs> i i most certainly did but not for the right reasons i'm sure <laughs> you probably should have taken an edible before you watched I, that you one. Know, i was i was really considering getting drunk right before <laughs> just watching wouldn't be it. a bad wouldn't be a bad idea nick i'm not gonna lie to you it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> I it's just, a, like three times i still don't know what the fuck happened in it but hey <laughs> it's an easy watch it's only 95 minutes so it's an easy watch yeah i know like it, and it literally has like no little to no plot so it's literally just like monsters facing ultraman that 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 is the plot but it's listen it, that's all they need man like think about it the two biggest things that come out of japan in the 90s were anime and professional wrestling and kaiju is a mixture of both yeah, no, one hundred percent. Do you know that's what I mean? Cool. And, As a kid, and I would probably watch this movie just over and over and over and over again, just because of the monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's and that's what I did. I, 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 so my video store, my local video store in Los Angeles, where I grew up, uh, it was owned by a Japanese couple, so they had all the anime movies and all of the Miyazaki stuff before it came to the U.S. So I used to watch a lot of like the Ultraman and a lot of the uh miyazaki films before they had english dub hipster first of all uh yes second of all shut up gina (laughs) (laughs) third of all yes also true uh no but when you're in la it's a lot different you know what i mean because you have a lot more distro coming through distribution coming through and people could just do stuff but that was also so that video store also had two cab two arcade cabinets street fighter 2 and mortal kombat 2 so you could play both Nice. My brother didn't play either against me because, yeah, I'll fuck him up. Uh, <laughs> all the way up. But fuck that kid. Uh, anyway, great pick, Nick. That movie looks uh, awful, and it is. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is awful. Uh, <laughs> shit, shit, you'd love it. It's absolute shit. <laughs> I love movies. You know me. I know. You like really bad movies. Like, I love I you love for this. <laughs> and yes, like, they're the perfect thing to get drunk to. Absolutely. Yes, you and Landon would just be shit faced watching Ultraman beat people up. It's awesome. Yeah. That's probably what we should do, by the way. We should just have a watch party where we just watch. Oh, I'm so fucking down. You know, you know, the Discord has that option, right? That's true. Let's Let's get on Discord. (laughs) Do it. So if you're not in our Discord, everybody listening to this, you should join the Discord. The link is in the description, and you can join the watch party. Uh, we'll, we'll watch something dumb, and you guys can drink a whole bunch of drinks. Let's oh, go in March. I don't care. I don't care when you do it. You do it whenever the hell you want to do it. I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, uh, Shay, what is your first pick? So my first pick 
through is going to be a uh, subversive kaiju inspired kaiju comedy uh 2016 american movie called colossal directed okay. by nacho vigalondo nacho vigalondo time for you and Aaron to argue why is it a kaiju movie go because it has big monsters in it that fight Aaron. Okay, I don't personally love this movie. <laughs> um, I mean, I I think I'm sure it's a good movie, but like when I want to watch a kaiju movie, I just this is not one that comes to mind. I don't know I, why. I'm just not a big it's, fan. It's a kaiju movie without being a kaiju movie. It, I think yeah. it's a movie with the kaiju involved, and I think it has certain satirisms and certain like commentary on kaiju film um and i think it has a really like it has a love for kaiju and kaiju film um but it's not exactly about big monsters it's uh yeah. it's about big monsters but it's also about maybe uh the monsters like uh, basically okay so here's what it's about if anyone hasn't seen it yet so First of all, amazing cast. You have Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis going head to head. Um, and they're both people who have, who basically they're casual alcoholics, right? Um, Anne Hathaway's character uh, is out of work. So she has to go back to her hometown. Um, she's kind of separated from her life and her lifestyle. Um, and it's like, uh, she's just kind of going through the motions of it while also dealing with alcoholism but also not dealing it with it at all and she's just kind of on her own starting over and uh, in the midst of that she ends up reconnecting with her old friend group who kind of rope her in to uh these uh, same behaviors drinking and partying and just being reckless and and all this different stuff and then they come across uh their old um childhood playground lot just this little dirt lot where they used to play and through that, they they begin to realize, they begin to figure out that whoever steps into the lot creates a kaiju monster on the other side of the world. And wherever they go or whatever they do, the kaiju monster does the exact same thing. So basically, they're puppeting these kaiju monsters, but the whole thing is having a very real world effect. And that's kind of what it's about and um, kind of the relationships that we harbor and how those uh how those can affect us but also how maybe we can change our actions in order to you know not create mass reckless destruction it's um, an existential kaiju movie yeah and like i said it gives nods to the kaiju films and it kind of makes fun of them because uh i mean you i i also watched uh godzilla 2000 last night uh as part of uh the research here i didn't end up choosing that so i'm going to talk about it now um i did a last minute switcheroo but uh at the end of uh godzilla 2000 i don't think it's really spoiling anything it's a godzilla movie um godzilla goes up against um alien godzilla which is awesome um but basically the people in the godzilla movie are like wow godzilla is amazing he's really like going out for us and protecting us when godzilla is literally like Bleh! throwing spinning fire all over the place causing mass destruction blowing the whole city up and then there's like a bunch of people who are just like wow we love godzilla he's so great he's such a good guy 
So it's kind of making fun of those aspects. Also kind of like how um, in what is it in Man of Steel, Superman's just flying all over the place, causing mass destruction and ruining people's lives for the greater good or whatever. So it's kind of making fun of that, making jabs at that. But at the same time, it's not necessarily about the kaiju. It's about how when we don't take responsibility for our actions and other people's actions and enabling other people or um, just not taking responsibility for ourselves, how that can have this ripple effect and uh, affect other people, but in this really fun, really creative way. So personally, I really enjoyed it. I, it was a cute I, li I like what you said there, Shay, because I think that the it's a movie of big monsters and big emotions, too. Like, oh, if you don't deal with your emotions, they wreck more than just your life. They're going to wreck the lives of everybody in, in downtown Tokyo here in about 35 minutes when you pass out drunk. Mm -hmm. And I think <laughs> that that is the really interesting part about this movie. And Hathaway gives a damn good performance, too. I just want to say uh, mm -hmm. she she is phenomenal in this movie uh, for what this movie is. And I think Nacho Vigalondo is such a good fucking director, dude. He's such a good director. All the stuff he's done, a lot of it's in Spanish. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys have seen his follow-up to this, Paradise Hills. But Paradise Hills is like the Stepford Sisters. Um, I saw it at Sundance in 2019, and it's a fantastic pink and white flourished nightmare of a film. Uh, but it's like if you mixed The Outsiders with The Stepford Wives. Oh, my gosh. It's interesting. It's a really cool film. Nacho Vigalondo is such a good filmmaker. Now... Mm -hmm. Shay, we let you talk about the movie. I gave you my thoughts. Uh, have either of you knuckleheads in the corner there, Gina or Nick, seen it? No, but I really want to see it now. Yeah. I'm just looking at the poster where the one she's like scratching her head. <laughs> yeah. And the other Aaron, one's scratching behind her. I was like, I want to see that now. Yeah, the floor is yours, my friend. <laughs> it's, it looks awesome, though. <laughs> it's pretty good. Aaron, the floor is yours, my friend. For Colossal, oh, what like, you got? Oh, okay, okay, got you. So I think that's, okay. It's very good in the sense of like, I want to watch like a, like a, a feel good movie or like a, I like a chick flick in a sense, um, if that makes sense. But like when I want to watch a monster movie, I want to watch like them having like their own personalities and like just, you know, like destroying the city and like, there's another one fighting it or whatever we're trying to stop it um but like this is almost like they're i don't know it's just different it's hard to explain my feelings on it just because i don't really view it as like a traditional kaiju movie but like that's also what makes it good and it also makes it very like easy for people who are not really into monster movies also kind of enjoy monsters in a movie I think you sense. nailed that. No, no, I think you totally nailed that. I think it's a it's a good monster movie 101 film for people who don't know anything about monster movies to watch it and to get themselves familiarized with the destruction of an entire city due to Anne Hathaway's alcoholism. <laughs> I, feel I think that. it's uh, <laughs> Oh, we know you do, Shay. Miss Bartender Shay. We Anne know Anne Hathaway is one of my favorite actresses though, and I love her in this movie too. She's just She's so, like, she is relatable. And it's such a, it's definitely not, like, straight up a monster movie. It's more, I'd say, like, a an oddball. Dark comedy. Work comedy. Um, yeah, I agree. That uh, vehicle or with that mechanism 
um, as a as a device in order to kind of like play up this story and add these big, crazy elements. And then you kind of are like trying to figure out like what the mystery is behind this whole behind that whole vehicle and all of that. But at the same time, like you just have these really interesting, really charismatic characters like even Jason Sudeikis, who ends up being, you know, like one of those guys that we all know who uh, is not a good influence um but is ne- just like drags along and he's the guy who never left his high school like his glory yeah. days were high school me and gina know many of those guys and we hate most of them all of them yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly and i was just i was just discussing this the other day actually with everybody at, at my job i was like a lot of the people from our hometown don't live there anymore but the ones who are there are stuck there and they're never going to leave mm-hmm. am i wrong here gina <laughs> Let's just say that never going to leave is an understatement. They are literally stuck. Thank you. Yes, they they are stuck, and that and so we know this Jason Sudeikis character very well. They get drunk at O'Leary's until three a.m., hit their wives, and then go back to their shitty job that they hate uh, in Laughlin. That's yep. just that's just the way it works. And uh, we made it out. We made it out. We made it out. Hey, 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 we out. Let's go. Yeah. We're in our 30s and we don't live there. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I don't live anywhere near there. Nope. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. But honestly, I love Colossal. I'm glad that we got a little bit of a descending opinion there on Colossal because it's a good movie. I, I personally love it. And I remember watching it thinking that was fucking weird, but I loved it. <laughs> now, it's good to have different opinions also on like different types of kaiju movies because like I know someone chose Cloverfield. That's a whole different ki- like type of kaiju movie too, because it's like a more horror based one. So like, it's good to have these different flavors that <laughs> still has giant monsters in it. Oh, don't yeah. you worry. We'll get to that one very soon, Aaron. Uh, my first pick is actually Aaron's fault. He told me I had to watch this movie at gunpoint uh, and referred to the, he said, and I quote, I will stab you if you don't watch this because it is ver- very much the first kaiju movie. Uh, of its kind, and it is from 1953. It is the beast from 20,000 Fathoms. I love this movie. I thought it was the goofiest thing I ever seen in my life, and I loved it. I'm going to tell you guys what it's about. So, we're in a Antarctic uh, science research center, and two scientists go out to, to, you know, do some excavating, and one of them, Professor Tom Nesbitt, played by Paul Hubschmidt, uh, who is a uh, Austrian uh, or Polish actor? What is he? Swiss Swiss actor. Uh, they go, he finds his fellow professor buried in the snow with a broken whatever. Never explains what it is. Doesn't matter. Uh, and he says to him, "The monster, the monster." You know that typical overacting in the 1950s B movies because this is what this is. This is a 1950s B movie for sure. And uh, nobody believes the doctor who's died because he's buried in the snow because after. What happens is there's an avalanche after he cries about the snow and it buries the other doctor. Well, Dr. Nesbitt goes back to the uh, research facility and says, I don't know what happened to him, but he was screaming about a monster and I saw it. And you see this like big ass dinosaur. <laughs> uh, just like it's a, it looks like a real dinosaur, but it is Ray Harryhausen, isn't it? Aaron? What's it called again? Yes, it is one of Ray Harryhausen's first films. The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Uh, Gina and anybody who knows anything about stop motion animation knows uh, 
Ray Harryhausen is the godfather, the uh, the jefe, the big man in, in charge as far as stop motion animation goes with these kaiju movies. I mean, the man behind uh, Clash of the Titans, uh, you know, all these classic uh, stop motion things. This is one of his very first projects uh, is this giant dinosaur invading uh, Antarctica or the Arctic because Antarctica is the other direction. Uh, the Arctic that's moving slowly southward. So as Dr. Desbitt gets back to New York, he starts to see other instances of people claiming to have seen this dinosaur in various parts going down the Arctic Strait all the way down to the Atlantic. Well, that dinosaur is headed somewhere. Would you like to guess where? New York. You're damn right. It's headed to New York, damn it. And it's not until it gets to right on their doorstep, of course, that they start to believe that Dr. Nesbitt is not completely full of shit because they get he gets the authority of Professor Thurgood Elson, uh, you know, a professor in, at the Natural History Museum to believe what he's saying. And of course, his assistant, Lee Hunter, played by the lovely Paula Raymond, falls in love with him because he's a dashing Swiss doctor. Why wouldn't he? That's the part I hated about this movie. We'll get to that in a minute. But this movie's fucking phenomenal. The attack on New York should not look that good in 1953, but it really does. The editing tricks that they do to make like the car get smashed or a bridge fall over looks amazing. Ray Harryhausen is at, he is full badussy in this thing. And I can really appreciate the work he's putting in here. Shay, don't laugh at me. <laughs> the departed? Yes, full badussy. <laughs> I said what I said. Uh, this movie is incredibly fun, and that's all I really want out of a monster movie is it for it to be really fucking fun, and it is, and it's a great movie, and I I, I enjoyed it. So thank you, Aaron, for let, making me watch this at night point. I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is Ray Harryhausen's like first film that he worked on by himself because he worked on. King Kong, I know that, in 1933, but I think this is his first, like, solo film where he, like, did all the uh, claymation and all that for it, if I'm not mistaken. But you you might be right, because I know he did some stuff on, like, Earth versus the Flying Saucers and stuff, but, and he also, mm -hmm. I think he worked on Mighty Joe Young, but I don't think he did that by himself either. Yeah, I think he was a, a co-whatever on Mighty Joe Young as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think... This is his first like solo film, and then it, it like kind of went into like Sinbad and and all that after. It came from beneath the sea, all the shitty B movies Ooh, that you'd see. I love that one. That one's so good. <laughs> that's why I brought it up. I was like, that's one of the good ones right there. Uh, but this movie's crazy. What do you think, Aaron? I mean, you made me see it at Knife Point, so obviously you love this movie. I do. This is like a newer one I discovered. Like, so you can only watch. Like, okay, I'm 26 years old. You can only watch all the Godzilla movies so many times before you like have to branch out into like watching the other stuff, you know? So this was one that I kind of discovered more recently because it, this movie and King Kong both inspired Godzilla in the 1950s. So like, it's a direct it's Godzilla is basically a reskin of this movie. This is the original Godzilla. It came out before Godzilla. So that's like why I think it's important for every like, person that loves and knows kaiju for them to watch it so you can see like oh okay so that's where this came from that's why they did this and this is what started it all it's just a cool like historic kaiju movie 
weed for me. I don't like love it to the point where I'm just going to watch it on like a Friday night when I'm bored, but I love, love it enough for the historical reasons. You don't understand, Aaron. If cool. I drank, I would watch this movie all the time. Because it is a perfect drunk ass movie. It's yeah, so it's good. definitely all over the place. <laughs> it this it's just like it's insanity. Like, why are you going down in that diving belt, Professor? You don't have to do that. <laughs> like, it's so dumb. Like, I love it. Like, it's so stupid, and I love it. Have you, you obviously you guys have not seen this movie? I have not. I've been wanting to ask you where I could stream it. <laughs> you can't. You have to buy it on Amazon Prime for two ninety nine. Okay, two ninety nine. That's not bad. Okay. <laughs> it's worth the three bucks just to get the laughs at it. It's it's yeah, fucking hysterical. I have but, it you know on what's Blu-ray. Funny? I even have the there's a colored <laughs> version of it. Nice. I don't know that I would like the colored version. I don't like colorized movies. I feel like if it was meant to be in black and white, it should stay in black and white. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not as I think the black and white one's better than the colored one. Um, there's a lot of figures for this mo- the monster from this that you can buy them in like black and white or in color because they did that. It was like one of the first movies they colorized. I don't, uh, yeah, no colorization here, but I'll tell you this. Um, a lot of monster movies are on Tubi. It's fucking weird. There's like a ton of Godzilla movies and a ton of these other smaller monster movies on Tubi. Um, so if you can put up with the commercials every five minutes, you can watch them for free. They're just there chilling. Uh, and it's, it's so weird to me that you can just watch these movies that are... And, and this is the cool thing. There's a lot of really old movies, actually, of all sorts of, uh, you know, varying genres on Tubi. I found some uh, old uh, old screwball comedies on there. I won't go into that because that'll be a whole 20-minute uh, wormhole that I'll fall down. What, Shay? Tangent. Hush. I know, I know you <laughs> I know you. We already Hush. have this episode. Oh, wait. No, we haven't. We have not. Peaks for next month, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what's your next pick, Aaron? Okay, okay. So my next movie, I'm super excited about this one. <laughs> <laughs> my next movie I'm picking is Godzilla and Mothra, The Battle for Earth from 1992. I chose this one for a couple reasons. Um, This was one of the very first Godzilla movies I ever saw. And I had it on VHS. Um, And it's a Heisei Godzilla movie, which so there's um, the Showa era of Godzilla movies. Then it stopped for a while from 1975 to 1984. There was a hiatus, no Godzilla movies. Then they started the Heisei era. Then after the Heisei era was Millennium, and right now we're in the Riwa era. So there's four total. So I chose one from each of the eras, the first three. And this is the from the Heisei one. So when you like look up the Godzilla designs of the suits, you'll you can kind of tell what era it's from based on like what it looks like. Because they're all relatively similar within the era. But um basically what the movie's about is an asteroid hits Earth and like basically breaks all hell loose because uh mothra's egg which was underneath the earth um and like hibernation gets uncovered by like a tsunami um the asteroid hits a 
part of the earth that awakens Batra, which is Mothra's evil twin brother in this movie. <laughs> I know, I know it sounds super cheesy, but, <laughs> but I love Batra. Um, and then it also awakes Godzilla from his slumber, like in the um, Mariana Trench. So all three of them like awaken at the exact same time. The Mothra fairies are trying to keep Mothra's egg safe and on the island. Um, and like humans find it and want to bring it back to Japan so that they can show it off like, uh, you know, make money off of it like it, as an attraction. Um, well, the egg ends up hatching while they're bringing it back to Tokyo. And Mothra, Batra, and Godzilla all have like a three out battle in the middle of the, you know, wherever in the ocean that this is. So then instead of bringing the egg back as an attraction, now that it hatched, they decide to bring the two little fairies back and show them off. And then that pisses off Mothra. So then Mothra, because Mothra is like the guardian of them comes back to Tokyo and destroys Tokyo. Well, Batra also comes back to Tokyo and destroys Tokyo. And then guess what? Here comes Godzilla coming back to Tokyo. So they're all three back at Tokyo, <laughs> battling it out. And then Mothra and Batra realize, oh shit, we can't beat this guy. <laughs> Godzilla is OP. Let's team up. They team up, defeat Godzilla. Batra ends up dying mothra saves the day and the, they give the fairies back to mothra the end it's super cheesy it's like the least dies? rated no he gets defeated he doesn't die but he gets like in the ocean like mothra flies him back out in the ocean throws him um, in there and locks him in the ocean but then like <laughs> surprise a year later guns back <laughs> in another movie but um it's like one of the fan base's like least favorite movies. I don't know why. I freaking love it. I think it's so goofy. Every single person I show Godzilla to, this is the first movie I show them. It's my go-to because it's just <laughs> so fun. Mothra's design, she's like kind of like thicker. So everyone calls her like fat Mothra. I think she, I love her thick. It's my favorite Mothra design. Batra is badass. If anyone wants to look up a really cool kaiju, look up Batra. B-A-T-T-R-A. One of my f top three favorite kaiju. I and... I love anything with Mothra in it because Mothra is my queen. Uh, see, my fa that's my favorite of the kaiju monsters. Mainly just because it's a giant ass moth. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this rainbow colored moth of. It, it, and the funny thing is, she doesn't even really look like a moth in this. She looks like a monarch butterfly. Yeah, like moths out of all the out of all the insects, moths. <laughs> you know. Listen, listen. Something's got to beat up Godzilla, okay? You know, I always thought that too. Like, why a moth? Why not a butterfly? Butterflies are so much cooler. But like, praying mantis. Yeah, I think there is a praying mantis in a couple of movies. Oh, His name's Kamakuris. Yeah, Mothra came first though. But I think part of it is like the life. Like she's like protector of Earth essentially, and like she's like gives life, and like it goes through the life cycle of the caterpillar, the cocoon, and then the, the moth, which also could be a you know a butterfly. But when you look up moths online, like we're so used to seeing the ugliest, like right, no good moths. There are some really gorgeous moths out there with like really pretty designs on their wings, and they're like furry and like bigger, and I think that makes a little bit more sense as she's like stronger like because she's right. like bigger instead of like this teeny little butterfly mm -hmm. that's just my two cents i could be wrong though 
No, I, I also think it has to do with Japanese culture. I believe butterflies never want to have, a, they never want to give butterflies a negative connotation. And in this case, you know, Godzilla is seen as this Japanese, you know, figure of, of uh, adoration. They don't want it getting beat up by a butterfly. A moth seems a, a bit more of a, you know, easier target. I think that just that makes sense. You know, I'm not, I'm not too like deep diving into Japanese culture because it's not mine. But yeah, maybe that's it. Because th- it feels like a lot of symbolism in Japanese media. You know what I mean? Things mean things, and then they they, they never mean other things because they mean their initial thing. You know? If that makes sense. That's how culture works, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Godzilla came from. Godzilla means quite a few things, especially pertaining to Japanese culture and history. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know all of it, but... Uh, I, I I've seen this one actually. This is one of the ones I've actually seen. This movie's crazy. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. The the fairies are so dumb. That's why people don't like. Them. They don't like the stupid fairies. Hey, don't. I'm not gonna allow it. No fairy slander. <laughs> the cosmos slay first of all, and they're in every single Mothra movie, and they are just as iconic as Mothra herself. So like, I love the fairies, but. The, this version of the fairies is a little different, a little strange. Yeah. So I'll give you that. But they're still slay. So I'm not going to allow any fairy slander. <laughs> this is my can show, we, Aaron. Can we all pose <laughs> for a picture real quick? All right. Continue. Damn you and your social media, Gina. Why don't you send that out to your 40,000 TikTok followers? I, I might. Am I? Send them over to me too. That would be awesome. If you could just send all 40,000 of them to me too, that would be sweet. I would appreciate that very much. Thanks. Uh, no, this movie is, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's dumb. It's fun. Aaron's right. It's dumb. It's fun. Uh, obviously, Nick, you haven't seen this. Shay, you haven't seen this, right? Nope. I want to, though. Not- I want to get do a deep dive on all Godzilla things. Cause- well, you we've got the right guy here. He, he can tell you all of it. You have to watch this one. Like, you just just trust me on this one. Like, this one, this is my, like, cry, depressed, like, make me smile movie. Like, literally. (laughs) I'm depressed. I'm like, Godzilla Mothra has to go on. (laughs) Check it out, then. It'll definitely be on my list. (laughs) You might cry and be depressed after watching it, Nick. I don't know. I mean, I might. You never know. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> beats being it beats being you know depressed and crying without watching it so i guess that's you know the alternative there you know gina wake up tagging you it's your turn <laughs> <laughs> all right so he's uh, too busy being a social media maven sorry a maven whatever that means <laughs> all right so my second um movie is the meg um i kind of thought you know, all the kaijus that we talk about go on to Earth. The the Meg that stays in the water. Um, but this one was with Jason Statham. Um, and let's just say it pulls out all of the stops that you expect an action movie, just specifically with Jason Statham to come out with, right? Like, yeah, like it, it was typical Jason Statham flavor of the whole thing. um i i kind of you know part of me likes the movies where that it gives the personality to the monster itself 
I don't know if this would, would have had the chance to give Meg a personality, right? And I think with the way that sharks operate, I feel like, to me, they look soulless to begin with. So <laughs> I don't know how you would give it a personality. So we were, it was mostly kind of like watching these people. It, it was kind of like a re more realistic way of, of approaching a, a monster because it didn't give it a personality. It was like, this is a monster. It's going to eat us sort of <laughs> approach compared to like before where you kind of see a little bit more of the development of you know, Kong and, and how he grew up and sort of like his development. And, and then with this one, it's more like, ah, here's, here's just Jaws right here. That's it. Soulless. Um, but to me, it had humor in it. It had everything that I needed as an action movie, but it's not, to me, it wasn't like the best movie in the world, you know? I, I'll say this about the, the, the surprising thing about the Meg is who directed it. <laughs> So John Turtletaub is known for like Disney comedies like National Treasure and Cool Runnings. Oh, that explains some things then. Yes, it does. Uh, literally all his movies, especially like the 90s ones, are like super like wrong. He did While You Were Sleeping, which is a great Sandra Bullock rom-com. I love that one personally. Uh, mm -hmm. He did Three Ninjas, which is like this great movie of three kids being ninjas and fighting people. It's awesome, especially if you grew up in the 90s like I did. Uh, sorry, I forgot. Only me and Gina are old here. Whatever. I was Gina, in right? the last century. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Jesus, world. Uh, but it, all his movies are very have this veritable layer of nacho cheese on them, and I think that helped with making the Meg. That makes sense. That totally makes sense now because I could feel that the movie tried to go into like scary but it couldn't it just didn't get there like it, it it oh it now that you tell me that those are the previous movies that the director made it makes sense now yeah yeah and it's weird because it, it's 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 there's a fine line between jason statham action comedy action movie and john turtle top comedy and this sort of just rides that line mm -hmm. uh you know all the way down and it's just this giant fucking shark movie and I mean, it's even like what's his face? The guy, um, what's his name? The guy who plays um from the office. Rain Wilson. Yeah. Even even he doesn't really add anything to the like there's no adding to the storyline there. Well, it's because they don't give him anything to do because there's nothing to do. Right. He's you just the rich mean? guy who funds whatever the hell's happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they waste a lot, they waste a good cast here. Like there's a good cast here, but the movie's not great. It's fun, though. It's stupid. It's stupid fun. And that's all you can really ask of a giant shark movie. You know, you think about Deep Blue Sea. Uh, you yeah. know, think about I see you slaying over there, Aaron, with your hands crossed. I see you. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I just have to say, that is one of my favorite movies. I love Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> Deep Blue Sea has LL Cool J in it, doesn't it? No. Yes. It does. It does. It does. Yep. Sam it Jackson does. gets eaten. And Sam Samuel Jackson. L. Jackson. Yep. Yeah. It's so good. That, that one, is like, but then, then they made like two, three, and four, and none of those are good. Just all, no. the first one's the only good one. Technically, it wouldn't have qualified Gina because they're regular size sharks in that movie. Oh, Whereas gotcha. The megalodon okay. is a fucking gigantic ass shark. Yeah. Right. Okay, that makes sense then. So this one definitely qualified. This is a great pick. Um, the sequel is fucking atrocious, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Wait. 
I'm not, I'm, we have to get back to this because I do want to talk about the second one. I have a lot to say about the second one. Good Go right bad. ahead. Go right ahead. But I want to talk about the first Meg first. So I love this movie for a couple different reasons. Um, I would say it's not like a good movie. It's fun, mm. which I, I think Will probably agrees with me on that. It does what it's supposed to do and it does it well, I think. But I think like that's as far as you get with this movie. When I go to watch this movie, I'm watching it. Like I went to the movie theaters expecting it to be bad. So it was better than I thought it was going to be from the start. And I loved that. Um, but I went to see a shark movie, not like a kaiju movie. So like, I think it stands better as a shark movie, like a shark action, like think fast and furious with a shark. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it does that so much better than I think it does like a giant monster movie. And I like, like you were kind of saying with it, not having like a personality and stuff, yeah. like it's giving very shark. And I, yeah. I like the movie for that. But like, as just, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. But the the, second one, oh, go ahead. No, the Megalodon is real, right? Like there. Yeah, that was a, that was a prehistoric shark. A prehistoric shark. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. For some reason, I thought I wasn't. So. (laughs) Yeah. They're like the biggest sea, I think predator ever, if I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't be surprised if, oh, I love Shay's little. (laughs) <laughs> anyways i wouldn't be surprised if those still existed we don't know everything no i'm sure and i like how they brought that into it like where they went down so far like i liked that because mm-hmm. that like gave like realism to it mm-hmm. and it's like ooh, this could actually be a thing right like, that's right. cool the second one is like it like turned into sharknado like <laughs> <laughs> like it was giving it was giving dinosaur movie. It was giving shark movie. It was giving sci-fi B-rated movie. It was giving kaiju movie where it was like fighting the giant squid, cracking thing. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is great. But it, like, that means it's bad. Like yeah. if I'm this entertained, <laughs> this is a bad movie. <laughs> but I love the second one for that reason but it's also like i don't like it at the same time it's obje- <laughs> it's objectively sense. a terrible fucking movie yeah. uh the first one is airing on netflix right now yep. <laughs> so you can watch it uh shay have you seen the meg nick have you seen the meg i have not seen the meg uh honestly other than jason statham because i i love that strong bald man with oh his accent what, um, do, you know about, what do you know about jason statham mate huh I, yeah I love Crank and Crank 2, high voltage. Um, And I'm watching the scenes from the Meg right now. And honestly, it seems like a fun movie to watch with your friends. You Mm -hmm. know, toast. But the shark is not big enough for me, dude. I need the shark to be bigger. (laughs) 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 I I demand uh, a little bit more largeness from the Meg. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily my thing. But I love that you went underwater because underwater scary animals. Um, it was a trend for a while on Animal Planet. I don't know if you guys remember the the fake documentaries that we were making, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, Megalodon is back!" Yeah. Um, the Meg, I think, is an attempt to to revive that. 
Um, but thalassophobia is a very real thing, and I have a huge fear of the ocean. So, but I, I I'm actually going to talk about that in a little bit. But I, this would convince me a little bit more. This would nudge me a little bit more to see it. Just. Just to have fun, just to have, just for the shit thing. See, Shay's bringing that BSE, that big shark mm-hmm. energy, to the chat here today, and you know, uh, <laughs> I can respect that. <laughs> I can respect that. Nick, what about this movie? Um, I have yet to see it, but Shannon and I have been talking a lot about it because we a love sharks, so I won't take any shark slander, Gina. Hey, what? <laughs> <Stop slander? laughs> and uh, B, like I, I, I try to you know playfully um, you know play devil's advocate with Shannon when it comes to prehistoric stuff, which they know all sorts of stuff about everything prehistoric, and yeah. Shannon's like, yeah, no, the Megalodon is definitely not still out there, like 100%. <laughs> I'm like, but it could they are, be. They are smarter than you. Think, so. And she's like, no, it's, it's not. <laughs> it has to be. I, I, I believe it. It's, 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 a mini, um, it's a mini sort of argument that we often have. I, I normally just say it to just, you know. And then again, Nicholas. I think Bigfoot exists, so I shouldn't even, I shouldn't just be talking. Their skin. Just, they, they are, they are smarter than you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love. Yeah, you know, they're smarter than me too. So yeah, <laughs> that ain't saying much though. <laughs> Good pick there, Gina. I like. I I think the Meg is such a stupid fun movie, and it's a, a stupid fun movie in a long line of stupid fun shark movies like Sharknado and Piranha and all that other bullshit. Uh, <laughs> why don't they make an anglerfish movie? That thing's scarier than a shark anyway. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Those like, things are. That's are cute. Like, stop the shark slander. Dolphins are the real serial killers of the ocean. Dolphins oh. are fucked up. Okay, they are just fucked. They're, they're the real oh. menace to society. Like, we need to stop like demonizing sharks and orcas Listen, too. Even orcas don't fuck with dolphins, but they'll yeah. fuck up a shark. Yeah, yeah. Dolphins are the real uh, serial killer of the ocean. So that's although I'm right talking. now the real MVPs are the orcas that are sinking all of those yachts in the Mediterranean. Like, <laughs> we can appreciate them sinking rich Italian and French people, yeah. sink, killing a bunch of Europeans with too much money. Nice job. I'm okay orca. with that. Yay! They can afford another. They can afford another boat. They can just put the boat in a different lake or place. Then I'll go back to the Mediterranean. Fuck capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick, what's your next pick? My next pick is nope. nope. Okay, okay. So now, so now, okay, this is going to be fun. You tell me why it's a kaiju movie. Aaron, you're going to tell me why it's not. Um, I mean, it's a, uh, well, spoiler for anybody that hasn't seen it, but the quote-unquote UFO is actually a gigantic monster, like. Like an animal. That's, that's, that's the big, that's my big argument. It's a giant monster. And it terrorizes and eats people. And I love it. It's good. I <laughs> it's operated, a great movie. I operated off of the definition that kaiju just means strange beast. Like <laughs> big, big bad boy. Yeah. I operated just strictly off of gigantic monster and it eats people. So I, I love things that eat people. That's that's like my my thing. I love and monsters. That's that eat people. The most horrifying uh scenes of this big scary especially ambiguous thing which i feel like with i mean i'm not just gonna i'm not gonna call it a a kaiju movie but with like any like big bad monster movie usually 
that's what they're, you know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. With Nova was something so different because when they started marketing it, you know, we all knew it was, it had something to do with aliens, but we didn't know how Peel was going to spin that. And he kept giving us these kind of red herring moments. It's just like, oh, like the the little gray guys kind of oh, thing. Yeah. That This is like a pure, this is like uncut and untamed UFO version. Um, And those scenes were like fucking horrifying. I loved it. It, it was so genuinely scary scenes. And you know me. One thing, one thing that gave away the fact that it was extraterrestrial was in the press uh, of it. Nope, always had to be capitalized as if it was an acronym. Mm. Um, also, oh. if you look at, uh, the poster, Stephen Ewan's hat uh, is a uh, jean jacket. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. So that acronym is not of planet Earth. Nice. Oh, okay. This movie the- single-handedly like like confirmed everything I already intuitively knew about clouds. Okay. So- oh man. <laughs> clouds are time- it's time for a cloud conspiracy theory with Gina. She is a doctor, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. She is a doctor. Yeah, yeah, not a not a real not not a doctor doctor, but education. Yeah, doctor. did you did you notice the cloud as soon as the movie started? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, me too. I was like, that cloud's not moving. Mm-hmm. Sussy cloud. And and that whole end sequence is honestly one of my favorite just monster movie sequences in general. On the yeah. motorbike. Yeah, on the motorbike, and yeah. You know, with the uh, gigantic uh, balloon of Stephen Yoon and all that stuff. It's <laughs> amazing. It, it's a great movie. I love the it. The only thing better than a giant Stephen Yoon is a giant balloon of Stephen Yoon. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, <laughs> tell us why it's not a kaiju movie. Well, I'm not going to say anything is or is not a kaiju movie, to be honest with you, because kaiju in Jap- Japanese just means monster. So. I'm not going to say like it's not a kaiju movie. I just personally don't view it as one. I view it more as like an alien movie like and a horror movie. But like it kind of goes back to the whole colossal thing where it's like it's not like in my brain. Like I don't think of it as a kaiju movie, but it's just because the formula is different for it. Um, So it like appeals to different people. I, I am not like harsh on movies at all like if i'm entertained i loved it and i think it's a good movie like i'm not harsh this movie in particular i kind of expected more i was like left wanting more at the end of it so like it's not my favorite movie so i think that also steered me away from like viewing it as like a monster movie because i was like "Mm, it's like an alien movie but like, like not like a good one where they like abduct us and stuff but also at the same time that's not what he was trying to do he wasn't trying to get he was trying to make it different and fresh and fun and new and which i definitely think it was all those things and i was surprised when i was watching it but i was like ugh, i wish i we got to see a little bit more of it i wish i got to do some more things and kill some more people and eat them and suck them up and whatever it did (laughs) (laughs) but we didn't get to see that as much as i wanted and i think i was just like left wanting more so like that's I'm partially biased with that, I think. But I love, I love like every A24 movie I've seen. Like, I think this is a good movie. 
it just was not what I was expecting. And like, I think I was, my expectations were higher. Whereas like the Meg, my expectations were super low. So like, yeah. I liked it more. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it does. Totally. It does. It's funny. Uh, I'm going to quote somebody here. Uh, so the film for you, you were just asking it to give me, give me more. Would that be correct? Yeah? Oh yeah, that's correct. <laughs> uh-huh. I got you, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got you, buddy. No, I, I, I love Nope. I think it's a great movie, but I think, I think you're all right. I think it's more of a horror monster alien movie than it is like a straight kaiju movie in the traditional sense. I think you're totally right there. It doesn't really use the genre tropes that, you know, a Godzilla movie has or a King Kong movie has. It just sort of has a bunch of stuff happening and it's a giant ass monster. It's still a really it's like dope its own movie. formula too. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Whereas like kaiju movie have like this formula to them where it's like, ooh, ooh something happens. There's a buildup. We get something like giant monster then we see another one we know they're gonna fight by the end of the movie like there's always a formula to a kaiju movie whereas like this had its own formula to it which i think helps throw it off and make it more fun this felt closer to signs than godzilla yeah yeah that's that's accurate would that be i think close encounters yeah close encounters yeah Yeah. something like that yeah but i I think that's in no big I mean, it is a horror movie mm-hmm. um, for me. I mean, not just because of certain scenes that had my mouth dropped, my jaw Horrific. dropped. Horrific. <laughs> but oh. also the, uh, the wonderful subject, because for me, Peel in the past, um, his stuff, while uh, a lot of people really, really cherish his previous movies, I, I always felt like the, t- the subtext was a little too on the nose or surface level. This was yeah. definitely that but done with so much more polish yep with more polish more of a cinematic um i don't know he just brought everything that he he's been culminating from his previous um movie making experiences and all of that and made something i feel was on the level of uh spielberg i mean you have wonderful cinematography a badass score horrifying scenes that scarred me and had me looking up at the clouds i'm like oh god and it was cloudy out when i saw the movie it was like great the chimpanzee was probably also one of the most horrifying things from that oh 100 baby that baby, whole uh, subtext was fantastic yeah <laughs> but i love that movie i'm obsessed with it personally. so i really think that he's uh, that jordan peele needs to continue to work with daniel kaluuya yes oh, that, daniel that, kaluuya that was one of his best roles. And I've seen him in a lot of things. That's one of my favorite roles of his, period. Yeah, I, I really think he needs to keep working with him. I love when he works with Kiki. I like the work that Kiki Palmer did here. I thought she was great. Um, the whole cast, up, uh, you know, Upside Down is great. Uh, Barbie Ferreira, Keith David, Ren Schmidt, all great in their little roles. And then, of course, Stephen Ewan taking over the entire scene. He's eating scenery in every scene he's in. He's not in it for that long, but every scene he's in, he's just chewing scenery left, right, and center. I can appreciate that because I'm a big Steven Ewan guy, and so I'm so happy that he won a uh, Golden Globe uh, last weekend for mm-hmm. Beef, uh, which I was very happy about. Uh, all right, so that's a great pick. Uh, nope there. Shay, what you got for me? So I have another big, bad uh, underwater monster movie um, okay. from a movie that was a complete flop uh theatrical uh, on its theatrical release but it did okay on netflix 
Um, and it's a movie called, I don't know why it's PG-13, which is insane, but it's 2020. Um, what's uh, William Eubanks Underwater starring Kristen Stewart and my king, Vincent Cassell, um, and Squidward's mom. And uh, the, I, uh, for me, so I've watched it twice now. Um, and I had to show it to Landon because we watched Godzilla 2000. But then I was like, oh, wait, there's this other like huge monster movie that I saw that I feel is a little bit off the beaten path. Um, people purposefully really didn't want to see this movie just because Kristen Stewart was in it, um, which is stupid. She's so <laughs> talented. She was, That's so dumb. She, she's wonderfully talented. And uh, the performance that she gives in this is really believable. And um, it's like more uh, understated. Uh, but the whole cast, like even TJ Miller, I even liked TJ Miller in this. Like he was wonderful. Those words some- have never been spoken on this podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. It's almost sacrilegious. But uh, yeah. I did. I did end up in like the writing in this because of like the character writing is really wonderful. Um, the pacing is really great. And the special effects are terrific. And there's some like really serious things going on here so basically what it's about is uh it's set in sometime in the near future and uh this big big company decides to go drilling in the mariana trench um which is overall just a big no-no uh we don't want to do that (laughs) uh because you might awaken something and oopsie poopsie maybe they did awaken awaken something and um, I don't want to spoil completely what the monster is. If you look it up, you know, people will say it's this. And you can call it that because it is quite eldritch looking. And uh, like pretty much I, I, some people consider it cosmic horror. I actually I think I included it in um, one of my uh, screen rant articles about cosmic horror. But the creature in this movie was so big they couldn't even show all of it. I don't think there's a single shot where they showed the they could show the entire creature because it's literally gargantuan. Um and I know Godzilla came like is is always coming from the sea. That's where he that's where he wakes up. That's where we dumpy dumped the radioactive material that created Godzilla. This thing is of the earth. It is eldritch and it is terrifying and gargantuan. Um and it's it's just nasty. And there's a lot of things that happen in this nasty movie. Um, but it's so exciting and it's so cool. Their mecha suits are really cool. It it kind of reminds me a lot of uh Alien. It takes inspiration from 3000 Leagues Under the Sea. And uh it's just really overlooked and really, really underrated. But the people who have seen it are like, oh shit, this is actually like a really, really cool movie. Um, so that's why I wanted to bring it up today. It does not get enough love. And I really well, love this movie. It also had a January release date, so that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. And I think the and- marketing was very good either. I think people were just like, because around that time too, there was also a lot of, you know, ooh, scary alien space movies like um, Life, for example. Yeah. That was kind of ripping off of or trying to uh, bring back the whole alien trend that didn't end up doing very well so underwater i think was kind of roped into that um which is too bad because all of the performances are wonderful i've never seen this dog i've never seen this it is an awesome it's a badass movie 
It really is. That surprises me, Will, that you haven't seen this, because this is like a newer movie, and it's like, it's on Hulu right now, either Hulu or Tubi, I can't remember where I watched it. Hulu. And and like, Kristen Stewart's a big name, so like, you know, I'm just surprised you haven't seen it. It just flew under my, it flew underwater, under my radar. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched it last year, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was different um i i went into watching it not even knowing what it was about whatsoever i was expecting like horror movie with like i don't know like a shark or something and like i totally got alien vibes from it which i loved um i don't care for kristen stewart as an actress just personally um but i thought she did really good in this like really good um i really enjoyed her character i thought she was believable I liked all the characters in it, really. Um, it was pretty good. I liked it. The creature is wicked looking. Absolutely, like, from hell. Just, I love and that. It, it's the big mama. It's funny. I, I I actually talked to John Gallagher Jr. last year, or two years ago, and he's in this movie, and I never even knew he was in this movie. So. He, yeah, no, the entire cast was so fantastic in it. And I think... I, I think it's really sad how underrated this movie is because Aaron, I had the same experience where it came out on Netflix. I was Netflix surfing and I was just like, eh, I guess I'll try. I was like, honestly, I had very low expectations for it. I thought it was going to be one of those annoying like sci-fi movies where everyone is in a stressful situation. They fight and then they end up killing each other or some dumb shit like that. Um, yeah, I definitely had like, like so low like bottom of the floor expectations for it because i'm pretty sure i watched it on hulu or tubi i cannot remember which one but and like i already wasn't like a huge fan of kristen stewart i was just trying to find something to watch but like it was so good like literally like i don't know i liked every character in it and i normally don't care that much i cared more for the characters than i did the creatures i felt like which never happens for me you legitimately feel really scared for them because there's so many moments where it's just like you're you're forced to be put in their in their shoes or their their underwater mecha suits uh which are super cool too because you get there's a huge physicality behind it and you get the sense that even wearing the suit and having to walk around in like one of the deepest parts of the ocean if not the deepest part supposedly is like exhausting but they're also like fucking running for their lives they're jumping across like terrain underwater um and just all this crazy stuff happens what what happens to tj miller if you don't like tj miller um this movie is also for you because <laughs> tj miller some terrible things happen to we him. don't we don't like tj miller <laughs> I, I feel like what they really did is they kept it so secret what like was happening like so you really had no idea until you actually physically saw what was going on that you knew what was going on but like also bringing into like how it was like so deep into the ocean and like how that has its own complications outside of like the things down there that are like after you like the like pressure from being so like low and all that like is has its own complications and like is so cool yeah, and scary um, that the so this is it's not a huge spoiler but they're at one point they're looking for other survivors and uh you have two volunteers um 
who who is John Gallagher and TJ Miller. So they go out and they keep saying, it's dark. We can't see anything. It's dark. It's dark. And you actually see what they're trying to look at. And all they have is that it's literally like when you see that um, deep sea underwater footage, like the real footage that they take from submarines um, observing wildlife. It's so dark and you're not going to see anything unless something is right in front of you. Um, so that was scary too. You have the darkness, you have the phasmophobia. There, there's like endless like pits where, I don't know, just everything. They throw everything at you and you just feel everything. Really bad claustrophobia. Oh, and that, I couldn't handle that. It, I could barely handle the Meg when they were in their little pods. I'm like, oh, to be, oh. I I will say so you much. mentioned the you mentioned the writing shit. I'm not surprised about the writing because the guy who wrote this wrote two other movies that same year and they were both under a uh, low-key fantastic scripts. Spontaneous and Love and Monsters were both <laughs> low-key, very, very good films. He also wrote No One Will Save You, which came out last year. I still need to see that one. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's on Hulu. Check it out. It's not bad. I uh it it was a Hulu original movie. Uh, I uh, appreciate a Cat Endeavor uh, film. Mm. Love her. She's great. She's gonna be great as Abby in The Last of Us. We'll see. Oh, she's gonna get bulked for that. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna have to put on some 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 yokes, bro, because she's tiny. Yeah. Okay. But she's a good actress, so that'll be fun. I like that. All right, that's a great pick. I've never seen it. So you picked a movie I've never seen. Gina, have you seen this, Nick? Nicholas? There you are. Have you seen this film? I have not, but it's been on my list. I've been kind of doing some personal research for my next uh, writing project on a lot of cosmic horror kind of stuff. So it's definitely been uh, one of the movies that is like required watching. So I'm definitely going to get around to it very well, soon. Shay is right there, so you can just have her do it. <laughs> Help you research it. My, I, I've seen pieces of this movie and that's why I couldn't continue watching it because I just saw Michael was watching it one day and I was like sitting down and just I started getting interested in it and realized it was underwater and I was like oh no I can't do this right now too much emotional labor for that right now so I stopped <laughs> really I, love that. I was showing it to Landon the fir- for the first time last night I got him to jump at the very first scare Ooh, okay, okay. I'm that gonna- is an accomplishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely gonna have to check it out now because yeah, if Lando gets jumpy. That's that's a good one. <laughs> it's hard to make that big man jump. Oh yeah. Well, the puppy scene for it, Chapter Two, surprisingly got to him. Really? That's yeah. Not a good movie. <laughs> that's not a great movie. <laughs> but- it's just not. I, I don't know I'll, I'll watch it again for the um for the spooky monsters i love it i love it my second pick is the exact opposite of that my second pick is from 1995 and it is mighty Morphin power rangers baby baby <laughs> i am so excited because i as a kid loved growing up loved the power rangers and they were based on super senpai which is a sort of mech robot kaiju tv show from japan where you know the giant megazord which is a giant mech fights kaiju monsters created by rita repulsa who throws shit at them and they grow to exorbitant sizes and destroy a city and the original super senpai was tokyo and in power rangers it's angel grove but in this movie our 
heroes are seduced by Ivan Ooze and his mysterious ooze, which causes a zombie-like outbreak of people to listen to only what the cults of personality known as Ivan Ooze has to say. And it leads our Power Rangers, our five teenagers from Angel Grove, to try and f- to have to fight him in order to reclaim the world that they once knew. Also, there's a Red Hot Chili Peppers scene in it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, the higher ground scene is like so amazing and it's so 90s. Oh, yeah. Like it hurts to think about it. This movie is incredible. I love it. It's such a dumbass movie. Oh, yeah. But and like it makes no sense that they would go from the Mighty Morphin to the Ninja Rangers. It, that part of the movie makes absolutely no fucking sense. And it oh, does. Yeah. I don't care. It I makes don't sense care. To me, as a child, it made sense to me. Didn't matter what it made sense to anybody else. <laughs> Listen, this and Mortal Kombat were on replay for most of 95. Yeah. Oh, same. And 96. You what? You guys wouldn't know any about anything about that because Aaron and Shay are too young to be alive during that time. Were they? They were feti. <laughs> they were not even feti. They were not existent. Oh boy, I'm old. <laughs> yes, we are, Gina. Yes, we are. Uh, I remember. I, love- that I got. I got so mad because my cousins were able to see this movie before I was. And and I was pissed because because I wanted to see the stupid movie. I told them about it. I was the first one who found out about it too. Okay, <laughs> and I was up in that Power Rangers bullshit. I was not the pink one. I was not the yellow one. Everyone wanted me to be the yellow one, you know. Be, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I wanted to be the blue one. <laughs> valid. Well, it. What was that there, Nicholas? I just said valid. I wanted to be valid. Blue. Exactly. I I agree. It's also one of the first times that uh, Steve Cardenas took the mantle as Rocky, the second Red Ranger. Uh, there was no uh, no original Red Ranger in this one, Austin St. John. Uh, and it's, it's it's such a it's such a dumb, stupid movie, and I love it. And Paul Friedman, who plays Ivan Ooze, is literally not even good at acting. He's not no. even acting well. He's just overacting every scene, and I don't care. It's I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what is the thing he says about the once you've tried it you'll all be believing <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. It's all, the, so, all the arm movements it's so dumb I love it so much it's so stupid like okay so <laughs> like this is a kaiju movie in like literally the loosest sense oh yeah because <laughs> it's like it's just giant mech monster and in this case giant animal monsters fighting a giant ass Ivan Ooze. And it's it's so stupid and I love it so much. <laughs> so it's classic. But also the, the soundtrack is fucking incredible. Cause there's like Devo and like Red Hot Chili Peppers and fucking I mean come on. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> shampoos on that bitch. Like there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff on there like and it should, I think Kung Fu Fighting is even in the soundtrack for that movie. Yes, it is. Like, it's so stupid. Like, I don't know. It's, I, I just have a good time watching it. And I just, uh, it's I something know. that I've repeated many times. I love Absolute it. throwback. I haven't seen that in ages. <laughs> yeah, don't watch it. It's bad. It's really fucking bad. Oh, I'm it's sure. A, I'm it's sure. a terrible movie. Yeah. So the director of this movie, uh, the director of this movie, actually, it's funny. He is a television director. Brian Spicer, he did like In Plain Sight and like Castle. And it's so funny because Castle actually has my drama teacher's uh, son in it. 
my high school drama teacher, his son is an actor. And he's on Castle. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that, did you? It's I didn't cool. know. It's pretty did cool. Not. Yeah, he's also in uh, Titans. I don't know Titans. Titans is the Teen Titans live action show. Oh, they have a live action one. Oh gosh, I'm so out of it. Yeah, um, Nightwing is uh, Nightwing's a babe. <laughs> that one. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, all right, Gina, we'll start with you because you're old like me. What about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie? Oh, come on. I mean, it's 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 a lot of people in costumes going like this up against cardboard things. Like it's really, it really, it caught me as a child because that's what I was, I was into. I played Power Rangers with my cousins. I always loved it when they all got together and made their, their own big robot version of themselves. Um, it's just it's a classic. It's one of those nostalgia things. I'd agree. And I think when you're our age, it's sort of like the thing, you know what I mean? It was the big mm -hmm. thing when you were a kid. It was like, uh, it was like Beyblades for the uh, youth of 10 years ago. Like it's a core memory. Yeah, it is. It is. I remember getting the uh, action figures where you'd, hit the arm down and the head would flip and it would go from their real head to the yeah. Power Rangers yep. helmet head. Uh -huh. And it was like the best Christmas ever because I got all nope. five. Oh yeah, I, I still have those in a box somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas, you are not old enough to have those. He still has Oh them. yes, I am. <laughs> you old I, I owned quite a bit of merch from that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Shay, wake up. <laughs> Power Rangers ever. Huh? I was born yesterday. I've never seen Power Rangers ever. No. <laughs> I don't know. get it. <laughs> That's a bad Shay. That's a bad Shay. I have seen Power Rangers. Oh god. Um, I like Power Rangers. I it it's a little before my time. So Shut like, up! <laughs> so no one Power I knew was in a little bit, but Is that I mean, it was also it was also during my time, like, okay. but it wasn't as popular. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mighty Morphin, Mighty Morphin is like the top tier Power Rangers, whereas like when I when I was younger, like Power Rangers wasn't that big. It was like it was like um, I think I mean Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, Ben Ten, mm -hmm. those things were huge when i was younger i didn't have any of them on vhs i don't think my dad was or mom were into it so like i never really got into power rangers but i did have for the gamecube the one power ranger game where they turned into dinosaurs because oh, i love dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> and i loved that shit <laughs> but i i don't think i've seen mighty Morphin power rangers like the movie all the way through now i will say power rangers is like literally it takes major inspiration from kaiju movies so i will give it like all the credit in the world when it comes to that because like it is literally like kaiju movie meets kung fu yep which is like slay slay times two each that's four slays that's four <laughs> right slays that's, that's crazy that's but i just never got into it so and I, and I feel like i'm too old to get into it now because i'll watch it i'm like oh my god this is so cheesy where i would have loved it back then Right. Yeah. That is accurate. That is absolutely accurate. That's my issue I with Ultraman. Sort of... I never got into Ultraman. 
I have a friend who's like deep into uh, Power Rangers stuff and like literally like collects the figures and stuff like full grown man. Just yeah. <laughs> Millennials do that. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Like he literally had like a bunch of us like wear the Power Ranger suits at one point. There's photo evidence of this somewhere. I'm not gonna say which Ranger I was because I'm a little embarrassed, but you know. Pink. <laughs> but you got pink. We know it. Nothing wrong with pink. pink? Oh yeah. Pink. Yeah. I wish it was pink. Power. I'd rock pink. <laughs> I definitely would be the pink ranger. No, if answer buds would prefer it actually. <laughs> I I would love to be the red one because I always like to be the red one. He's the leader, so <laughs> he's the leader. So you know you got to hit the uh, now now no 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 now since we're here. Does anyone know the original five dinosaurs that were the Morphin Rangers animals? So they're all dinosaurs. Wait wait like- wait. Can you re-ask the question? Because I feel like yeah. I know. Technically, one of them <laughs> isn't a dinosaur, though, right? Or technically, yeah, it's a technically not. Technically, or is it a... tooth and then the woolly mammoth. Yeah, there is a mammoth too. The mammoth was what yeah. the black one. Yep. Yeah, and then Triceratops. Uh, yeah. Pterodactyl. Yep. Tyrannosaurus. T Rex. Yep. That's a there was a there was a three the horn. Was the dragon. There was a three yeah. horn. Yep. There's a Triceratops. That's the yellow one. Uh, blue one. No, Sorry. yellow's Triceratops was the blue. Uh, Sabertooth Tiger was yellow. Yep. And then there's the green the dragon zord. Mm-hmm. Isn't that where they all go together? The megazord is when they all go together. Okay. No, the, the, the green one was the dragon because, you know, he was like the sort of bad but sort of good ranger. Then he wound up being the most powerful ranger. He's and, the bad uh, boy. Oh, yeah. I fucking love Power Rangers, man. <laughs> I, so they just released I'm big into the Godzilla comics and they just released a Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic series that's really good really? I would recommend yeah I would recommend it to anyone that likes Power Rangers <laughs> and Godzilla <laughs> 100% would <Yeah. laughs> I love that now before we get to our last movies I always like to uh, do a little separator before we get to the last pick. So for this particular one, I'm going to bring to everybody's attention our YouTube channel. Um, we put all of our interviews up there. And recently, um, our man on the street, Mr. James, he's not here today. I miss him very much. Um, we love James. He did an interview. And we're very proud of him. He did an interview with the directors of a short film debuting at Sundance Film Festival uh, called The Rainbow Bridge. That interview uh, is going to play in front of right now the in its entirety but you can also uh, if you're not listening to it here you can listen to it on youtube it's with directors dimitri Semekas and sukiro Semekas, as well as the uh main actress thu tran uh if you're at sundance film festival make sure you uh are there to watch the shorts that are playing it this will be one of them it's about uh, a woman's pet who is ill and he's about to cross over to the rainbow bridge and she goes with him and they experience life on the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, great job by James here. Check out that interview now. All right. Hello, everyone. This is James Snyder with Film Snob Reviews. We're now here great. Now the that's director, out of the- executive producer, and star of an official selection of the Sundance Film Festival, the short film The Rainbow Bridge, which is about a woman and her dog who share an 
otherworldly bond that connects them in, in transcendental ways. So welcome, Dimitri Samakis, Suki Rose, and to Tran. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing? Great. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I saw the film a few times, actually, right before I saw this, so that's probably why I'm feeling fantastic. It's it's a whimsical <laughs> and, and colorful uh, multi-hyphenate effort, and I hope it does well with audiences. Uh, when is it premiering here? On the 22nd? 22nd, yes, at the midnight 22nd. program. All right, 22nd at the Ray. Very nice. And since the subject matter of the film does deal with pets, I just have to ask, do any of you have pets? Do you want to take it? Yeah, I have a cat. Uh, I've had my cat for like 10, 11 years now, so we're very close. Um, we have a very deep bond. A veteran. I, yeah. <laughs> True veteran. Very nice. What about you guys? We don't have any pets right now, but you know, we, it's, it's been a while, but we've had we're many, big fans of pets. We're big fans and we've had, you know, uh, uh, separately and together. We've had one cat together in a, you know, sort of, she had it before we started dating, but I've always been a cat person all my life. And, you know, the loss of a, of a, of a, of a furry friend is uh, always a bummer, but it doesn't have to always be. It's just, you know, it's the, the concept of it is a bummer, but there are ways to celebrate it. Of I, course. I definitely come from a dog family, but uh, have always had, you know, have only, I've only had one cat, which was like the cat that we shared who passed away in 2017. So like, this is like a little bit of an homage to Axel, oh, our cat. Um, sure. He was a white, he was a little cat. white for a cat, not that <laughs> similar from the white furry dog. Yeah, that's not, that's not <laughs> an short. accident. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we love him. That, that's that's so beautiful. And do any of you believe that this is what happens to our pets in the afterlife? Uh, yes. I think, honestly, I think the I love the concept of the Rainbow Bridge. Like, it never was really anything I, I remember where I first heard it. I honestly don't remember. Things Just one of those things. Culturally. <laughs> yeah. I love the, if you like Google image search, the Rainbow Bridge, it's just like endless, beautiful, like, 90s pastel art it's a lot of like remember blingy like the like gifts where it's like sparkly there's like geocities it feels very like geocities banners it's wow. like such a beautiful uh uh kind of underrepresented art form because i think it's like such a again it's such a universal thing but a lot of people don't necessarily want to talk about it unless it's in this like beautiful poetic kind of like yeah. successories uh <laughs> footprints you know what i'm talking about like that sort of deal and i love that aesthetic love it i feel like we really respond to the aesthetics and the and the um the intention behind the idea of the rainbow bridge i find relief in the idea of the end of consciousness after death so i'm like i'm not sure i believe that our pets are i don't know are physically i don't know either i don't know either i but, find it uh, just as likely as any other possible i guess that's true i'm open to i'm open to it yeah i, I enjoy that what, what do you what do you think about that too I... I mean the the mystery is kind of part of the fun right the the because like we don't know for sure so you can kind of make something up or like uh, there's already existing ideas or so many existing ideas of like what the afterlife might be or what it's like to cross over um so um the uh, you might as well pick the one that looks cool i guess you know so absolutely and I have to ask you this, what was it like performing both in our world and the pet afterlife? Because I know you visit quite the plane of existence there. 
Yeah, um, they were definitely two different places. Um, and uh, one was, you know, like a physical set, you know, with like, I mean, it was a real room, the doctor's room, the doctor. And then like a, the fantasy realm was, uh, you know, did, you do you really have to pretend too, just like you are in a fantasy, you know, because we, you know, we shot it on a green screen. So I really had to pretend where I was. Um, I mean, we were really there. Actually, it was on location at the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, they, they, got, <laughs> they got the permit for, for the afternoon. Um, Managed to, and, to get the release form. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's great and and uh, while we're on the topic of, of aesthetics and thinking about how things look uh dimitri wh why are you so attracted to the analog vhs look and feel because I, that came as a very helpful mold for all of this to 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 go into yeah, that, that will always be a big part of my life. I'm the co-creator of Everything is Terrible, the Found Footage Collective and Memory Hold that, you know, both sort of are centered around found footage. And uh, for me, it has a lot to do. There's a lot of reasons why I love it and why I'll, I'll never escape it, whether I want to or not. But it's like world building is probably the number one thing about it it's these you know with each tape you find when you find the right tape and so many of them have it good bad whatever you want to call it i love them all there's a universe within each one you know when you're watching these new age tapes it's like oh they're they're mimicking you know other media that they you know that they're you that they're inspired by whatever you find you know the last everything is terrible movie we made was called kids club and it's all taken from you know, footage centered around and for uh, 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 tapes for kids and babies. Of course. Each one is like this alternate reality of like a Jim Henson Sesame Street universe, <laughs> but it's obviously like on a no budget, but it's all beautiful all the time. Like, it's just like, oh, those paper trees, those cardboard cutouts of a window, you know, these puppets, all of it, just like it all adds up. And so it was really important to me to like, I couldn't not start the short with an homage to that while also it being a great plot device to give you a ton of information yeah. on on the world and like you know having david brown who's such an amazing actor kind of like relate all that information it's a lot of work to do but he just did such a brilliant job of like in his tone there's like this it kind of sounds like he's about to cry the character duncan who's like the the case study right um just like hearing the you know the tone of his voice and how he's clearly he's such a vulnerable performer vulnerable. even on jury duty he's so like the reason i think why people are so drawn to that performance of his it's very vulnerable and like he really exposes himself like it, within the characters he's playing so 100 dimitri also has a practice in analog uh video glitch so he yeah. that you know i think one of the things we get frustrated by sometimes is when people utilize the aesthetics, the VHS aesthetics, um, oftentimes they're using like a filter or- oh, Of course. That, and all the of fundamentals this, is what you're One thing for. you take away from this, it is stop using the Don't bad use TV filter. filter. Stop it. Because like, <laughs> yes, there were some challenges with shooting, you know, some of the footage um, off the screens and stuff like that. But all of this is, uh, not, none of this is filters. So um, it's all like it's run all process, it's run many times. And so, that was important to me. I think that builds the I that's a feel it. that's a big part of the tangible world thing. Having everything be tangible is really, really important. Um and again, what better way to do that with than with than with uh, 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 
the, the magic of VHS and glitch. And yes, there there is a bunch of glitch stuff I use too to kind of go in between worlds. Of course, but you can incorporate new ideas into an old feeling, which I think sure. is a very uh, interesting way of 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 putting things together story wise. Totally. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> yeah, bravo there. Um, and just as a final closing question, what would you like audiences to take away from the Rainbow Bridge more than anything? Yeah, we've been. I I think the the, the true answer is I I want you to walk away from this feeling a sense of joy and kind of magic from it, but also uh, a bittersweet feeling of that memory you have of that love, whether it's a pet you're still with, whether it's a pet or many pets that you've lost, I want you to honor them. I want you to think about them and I want you to uh, 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 leave, leave happy, you know, leave with joy. Yeah. I think one of the like, key elements of grief is that it kind of it stays with you throughout your entire life it just that your life kind of gets bigger around it and so you know you might not be thinking about a beloved lost pet like every single day so I hope that this is like you know a nice reminder to like you know think about a, a lovely your own Mimu that you might have lost and like hold them close in your heart so and also just to like have a good time <laughs> <laughs> absolutely too yeah, I hope people enjoy the, the short film, and uh, I hope I hope this becomes the de default visual you have of the Rainbow Bridge. Um, if uh, I never really th thought about what it might look like before, but like now we get to see, um, and uh, yeah, um, I hope you learn something cool um, about what the afterlife might be, even though it's not not accurate, or who knows? Um, who's to say? Um, yeah, who's who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? Who might find out the answer of where the Rainbow Bridge leads to? Well, right. thank you, everyone, for for your time today. Uh, the Rainbow Bridge is the official selection of the Sundance Narrative Short Competition. Best of luck to all of you. It's premiering January twenty second. Thank you so and much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. My so pleasure, much. folks. Have a great one. Yeah, have a good one. The last movie I chose um, is. It's from the millennium era of Godzilla movies. It's called Godzilla Tokyo SOS. came out in 2003. Um, it is a sequel, a direct sequel to Godzilla against Mechagodzilla from 2002, where um, it's essentially takes place as a sequel to the original 1955 Godzilla movie. Um, and Japan has killed the original Godzilla, but now there's a second iteration of the character. Um, and he's just basically invading tokyo constantly for radiation so they can't figure out a way to destroy him so what they do is they dig up the bones of the original godzilla from the ocean and they make a mechanized mecha godzilla out of the bone structures of the original godzilla um they use that and they make the mecha godzilla and then they battle in the first movie um godzilla roars like when they're battling at the end of the movie and it like triggers the bones from the original Godzilla inside the Mecha Godzilla goes crazy and then finishes destroying Tokyo. So then in the second movie, Tokyo SOS sequel to it, the one I chose um, the twin fairies from Mothra show up and basically plead one of the pilots of the Mecha Godzilla suit to return the bones back to the sea because it's wrong to awaken the dead essentially. So like they're saying, return the, the bones back to the sea 
or else Mothra will like declare war on Japan. So then they're like, well, what if we do that and the Godzilla attacks? The fairies are like, Mothra will save you. Okay, fast forward, Godzilla attacks, <laughs> surprise, and then Mothra tries to stop him, but Mothra can't beat him. He kills Mothra. So, like, Mothra's losing, and Japan's like, well, we have to commence Mechagodzilla now to defeat Godzilla, or save Mothra, essentially, defeat Godzilla, because, like, Mothra's not working. So they do that, um, and then Mothra and Mechagodzilla have to, like, team up to defeat Godzilla, which is, like, so cool, because it's, like, all the coolest monsters all fighting. Again, obviously, my favorites always have Mothra, but... Um, Godzilla ends up killing Mothra, then her egg hatches, and it's two twin baby Mothras, caterpillars that come and help Mechagodzilla defeat Godzilla by the end of the movie. But that's, yeah, I just chose it because it's fun. It's a good time. <laughs> also, it was its, like, 30th or, yeah, 30th anniversary last year, so I saw it in theaters because they did it for the anniversary, and, like, that's part of the reason why I chose it because I saw it recently. When was it made? um in 2000 oh sorry 20th anniversary 2003 so yeah sorry no but i will tell you the 70th anniversary of the original godzilla movies this year and the 50th anniversary of godzilla versus mecha godzilla so big big year for godzilla you're a godzilla professor i know sorry he has a doctorate in kaijology so there you go Who's the doctor now, Gina? I, I ain't no doctor in here. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. You were in that doctorate. <laughs> I did. It's very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. I don't have to. You already know. <laughs> I love it. No, I I've I don't know. I've never seen this movie, Aaron. I've not seen it. I can't speak on it. 2000. It's good. Um, I would recommend this is one of the few Godzilla movies I'd recommend to like a soft fan because a lot of my friends went with me to the the movie premiere for like the anniversary last year that I've never seen a Godzilla movie and they all liked it. Like we all had a good time. It's a good movie. It's a direct like sequel to the original. So there's a lot of scenes from the original in it. It's also a direct sequel to the 1961 Mothra standalone movie. So, like, there's a lot of nods to that, even, like, the original actors return. So, it's, like, a pretty decent-sized, like, fan movie. And it's also the last movie, so the the one that came the year after, in 2004, was the, like, I forget whatever anniversary it was, 20th anniversary movie, and then they stopped it, and they didn't want to make any more Godzilla movies after that movie. So, it was, like, the last before the last one. Then you know obviously there was a resurgence in 2014 with the american one but it was like the basically the bookend of godzilla love it i love it i again i i haven't seen it but it does sound like it would be a fun fun time gina nicholas shay anybody what do you have for me on this one does this sound pretty interesting i think it sounds pretty cool uh this one i'm completely unfamiliar with personally i i need to dive way deep into godzilla stuff because sounds awesome honestly i i know in the mythology of like mothra 
that she is she right mm-hmm. hey <laughs> she is supposed to yeah it's make it's sure a she you get, most... make sure you get her pronouns right Right, exactly. There's there's multiple, there's like a million different mothras because she like dies in every movie she's in. Oh, so she, there's oh, so many. Dies. Okay, so, so yeah. she does die. Okay. I didn't know yeah. if that was like, was this the death of Mothra, right? And it like is or does it she come back some other time? <laughs> she like dies in every movie she's in, honestly, <laughs> except for like three. But like there are there is like a Mothra trilogy where it's a boy and it's oh, a he. Oh, okay. But most commonly, it's a she. Okay. I did not know that. (laughs) She's cool. She's like one of the only female kaiju. That's explicitly female, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because like the other ones, we we know Godzilla is male. Yeah. Godzilla, it's so weird because like there's a whole thing about it. Godzilla is male because they always refer to him as he. Uh But like he has young like he has babies he produces asexually like he doesn't have a mate or a partner he's the one of his kind so oh wow it's weird yeah so technically he's like a they them they them yeah <laughs> so make sure oh you get their, their pronouns right okay <laughs> it's always important do not misgender godzilla because he will fuck your city up <laughs> and you will deserve it you will deserve it that's I like this pick, Aaron, because you picked movies that like this one especially I have not seen. And this is the second movie, and this normally doesn't happen. Normally, if there's like a bunch of movies, I've seen most of them. Second movie today I haven't seen because I didn't see underwater either. So this is that's this is a good start. I like this. All right, Gita. All right. My last pick, I picked the movie Monstrum. Um, honestly, I picked it just because I was like, literally, I was like, I need another monster movie. Okay, cool. This one. And, and, uh, I was delighted by this one. Um, I loved how they did develop the characters. And by the end of the movie, you're like pissed at the corruption that is happening within the storyline and it ends up being that you're kind of like the monster ends up becoming endearing i'm gonna tell you that but that was on my end it feels endearing towards the end i mean like it is a monster (laughs) right there is a monster in this movie um but you you start to put together pieces of the narrative of the monster from the monster's point of view and um and so what I loved about this movie is that you've got multiple points of view. You got, um, you know, the general's point of view, you got the corrupt person's point of view. You, you ended up seeing the whole story as it was evolving. Um, and also just the way it was, it was set in traditional old South Korea or Korea. Um, and so, uh, so it gave it more of like that fantastical feel to it a little more, uh, like fantasy rather than, than monster movie for for a second there, um, but it is gory. So they're, they're they just gore everywhere. So so if you're if you're if you're thinking I made it a little sound flowery, there ain't no flowers because it's gory. Um, but uh, but the the story storyline is really cool. And um, again, at, at the end, I'm sitting here like corruption, and, and and the movie makes you think a little bit. At least for me, it made me think more of like social things that are happening in the world i love that uh so speaking of uh korean uh kaiju films the movie i was referring to earlier is called space monster wang mangui and it was originally feel 
thought to have been lost, but it has been found as of 2023. And or as, oh. it was, it came out in 1967. Uh, this movie looks like a mixture of like a bunch of stuff. Like it looks like there's some set, like some, some feudal Korea stuff going on here alongside. I haven't seen this one either, honestly, <laughs> uh, but it looks, <laughs> it looks fucking dope. <laughs> This it's gory. I just didn't expect the gore. It just, you know, just we know you're we know you're not a fan of the gore. <laughs> we we know you don't like the gore, and that's okay. Uh, because this monster looks fucking terrifying. He has like these big four fangs and these tiny little fangs on top of his four big fangs, and that thing just looks like he's fucking somebody up. I don't like it. <laughs> and in the, in the movie, in the movie, there's references to other creatures. So this creature was involved with a bunch of other creatures that this big king guy, corrupt king guy, he he ended up keeping all these creatures in these big cages at the palace. And I'm sorry, even the spoilers. Okay, it's already been out for a while, so deal with it. Um, so so in this case, this creature was one of those creatures that escaped. Um, and. Mm. and you don't get to see the other creatures, right? But it does it does say like, okay, there is some fantastical viewpoint to this where it's more uh, more of like creatures. What other kind of other creatures were there? You know, I, uh, I, I, I it says gore severe, so I'm I'm with this, but also <laughs> like I don't know how to feel about this. I I can't say I've seen it. Uh, has anyone else seen it? Aaron? Have you seen this? I I have seen a lot of it because I love all the monster and I love the creature features like Python, like Placid, all that stuff. Yeah. But this, I have not seen nor heard of this movie. And I let me tell you, I just watched a trailer. I will be watching this tonight. <laughs> this looks like everything that I love and more. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. It looks like it has sci-fi action. Um literal sci-fi channel monster movie vibes with some gore looks like a korean like like a kung fu almost like movie i'm excited yeah it was (laughs) i will be watching tonight i was when i watched it it was well done i really enjoyed it and um i like the characters there was a little bit of a cartoony feel to it to a couple of characters but but that's it like there were some really good storylines too gina this might be a first my first what? The first time where you've you've picked a movie the guest has never heard of. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've never heard. I've never heard of this movie. But where did you watch it at? Like, um, I, I need to know. I think it was on Netflix. Yeah, I think it was on Netflix. Hold on, but let us look online to see what it. So it says right now it's streaming on AMC Plus, uh, Roku channel, and you can rent or buy on uh, Prime. On uh, Prime. Prime. Yeah, it was Prime that I was that I watched it. Well, Will's gonna hear all about. Wait, you don't work tomorrow, do you, Will? No, I do not. I will hear about it uh, all on Tuesday. He will hear about it all on Tuesday because I'm watching this tonight. <laughs> like that, nothing <laughs> can stop me. Really good, it, and it was. It really, has ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, ninety five percent. Like, make that make sense. <laughs> <laughs> this looks it right up your alley too. Ron Tomatoes doesn't usually give high ratings. Not no. to stuff like that, no. Oh. No, definitely not to stuff like that. I don't even know if there's any Godzilla movie that's 95%. Uh, the original is at 99%, I believe. Oh, really? 1955? Yeah, yeah, yeah I believe the original 1955 is out. Uh, minus one, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. 
has a 98. The original Japanese Godzilla is a 93. Godzilla from 2014 has a 76. Shin Godzilla, which is a good one. Shin Godzilla is a 86. Godzilla Final Wars is not good. The one you just mentioned has an 80%. Which one? Uh, Tokyo SOS. Oh, okay. So a lot of these do have very positive scores. People like giant monster movies. They do. I feel like Godzilla is so different than any other monster movie, though, like just in general, because he's so known by literally everyone ever, like of all time. Every TV show you can possibly think of has referenced him in some way, shape or form or had him in the background or as a figure or whatever like he's literally he he is the most well-known franchise of all time i think aside from pokemon Mm -hmm. i even think star wars is lower than him so like icon yeah i mean honestly iconic queen (laughs) (laughs) i mean getting into godzilla for the first time i mean we i mean like you said aaron like we all know him we all know giant thick lizard guy um and i'll get really surprised i mean i would i would be surprised if there wasn't already like a video essay of like the godzilla iceberg or something because you have i feel like for godzilla there's something for everyone if you just want something goofy and silly you know and and you want like I, there's all like the different types and models and designs of Godzilla. You have your more fun ones. You have little baby Godzilla, which I was, I mean, I've been learning a lot about Godzilla lately and I've been pleasantly surprised, but um, yeah, I'll talk more about it when, when I get to my thing, but I, I'm really enjoying Godzilla so far. He's fun. He's fun. He, I like, I agree with you so hard that he has something for everyone. Like I've said that so many times in my life, like to people, friends, partners, whatever. I just think that he's so versatile when it comes to just things like like video games, comics, books, merch, whatever. Like he's just iconic. And there was also something else I was going to say that I lost my train of thought. Godzilla is also really, like I said, not just culturally significant but there's for me i found a i've found a lot of meaning in the lore and the history of godzilla and what he's kind of i mean it's a silly monster movie but at the same time it's not it has yeah there's layers for sure we're gonna get into a lot of the undertones in my next pick because there's so many undertones about what godzilla is what he means to the world based on my next pick and i can't wait to talk about it He's important historically because, like, the so the bombing of Hiroshima happened in 1944, and Godzilla came out in 1954, so 10 years later. And it was such a like recent time for because the war had just ended, it was a recent time for like a lot of pain. So, like, films were not capitalizing on the pain. Whereas Godzilla did the exact opposite and it made, instead of it like embodying it into the bombing and the war, it turned Godzilla into like an act of nature that we created from those things. And like, it kind of like glorified it in a, a way that made it 
more safe. Does oh. that make sense? Oh yeah, it no, makes total sense. that makes sense. Like there are people who, who have had dissertations. I'm, I'm looking them up right now. And the way you're talking, I'm like, Hey, he's talking to like his dissertation. I looked it up. There's been 18 people who've done their dissertation on Godzilla and it's important. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like, a little bit of just kind of like fact knowledge of the original Godzilla. Um, so the bombing of Hiroshima had so much radiation on um, the islands around like Japan that like getting into such close proximity would give you radiation burns on your skin. So like there was a famous boat called, I think it was like like the Lucky Dragon or the Golden Dragon or something like that that went to one of the islands and the all of the people all the passengers on the boat had radiation burns all over their body from the radiation from the bombings and that the original like the first scene where godzilla shows up in the original movie he destroys a boat called like the lucky dragon or whatever the name of the actual boat was with his atomic breath like his radiation breath so it's like signifying you know the burns on them and stuff from that you're totally on to something because like yeah no that makes sense like it's like a symbol like godzilla is like they're they're i don't know like they're trying to get it out it's a scarlet letter for everything that happened yeah yeah it's their version of like basically saying like we created godzilla like godzilla is destroying us and our cities and wreaking havoc on us as like revenge for us like destroying the planet right essentially gotcha Mm -hmm. it's it's their way of making a vietnam film yes yeah yeah. there's a lot of different monsters like they all have the same root in the same formula there's a lot of different like of his villains where like one of them's hedora the pollution monster like where we just put a whole bunch of pollution in the ocean and it turned into a big monster like on paper it's super goofy and and camp but like the actual meaning of it is like we're even back in the 70s like you know we're messing with our planet and it's fighting back i like it i like it yeah the 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 fact that there are so many parts and you know we're not like super big franchise people but like looking into this i think it is important that you know we we have like the monsters um and symbols that are like godzilla because not only is it something like super fun and super important um that's saturated like all sorts of corners of culture but um it is something that you know we can still have fun with and enjoy but it's still there to remind us of things that have happened um and still there to remind us of certain aspects of our humanity and how things are run and yeah We'll get into it more <laughs> with your next one. I love it. And speaking of that, that was a fan phenomenal uh, choice there, Mr. Aaron. I picked Cloverfield for my final pick. And I say this for final because it was my favorite movie out of the three that I watched. Like, holy shit. I was not expecting a PG-13 horror film to be that good. <laughs> Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves is a fucking genius. That's why. One thousand percent. Every character in it is despicable, but at the same time, you feel bad for them. It's it's great, and so many familiar faces like T.J. Miller, but also uh, 
Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan, Theo Rossi. You know, there's there's so many like people. Like this was clearly before they like got like a decent following, and it's like no, I, I recognize a lot of people from this film, and I was actually kind of surprised by how many people I recognized. I was like, wow, really? Yeah, you, you want to hear you want to hear a little bit of trivia, Nick? Yeah, sure. The one of the party goers in Cloverfield is Ryan Key, the lead singer of Yellow Card. Really, I I there's, need to rewatch. Try to find them. There's a place off Ocean Avenue where I used to sit and get attacked by giant monsters, <laughs> and he found it. Love it. Yeah. This is a great movie, man. Great choice. I I love this movie. It's it's one of the better examples of uh of not showing it working out really well. Oh yeah, one thousand percent. It it adds so much intrigue to the monster. In the very few clips that we see of the actual monster, are extremely effective and it's just it might be one of my new favorite films because i was not expecting to like it as much as i did i was like okay yeah you know it's a horror movie and you know kind of a kaiju sentence like okay that's that's kind of neat that's kind of cool what what are we doing here but like i was surprised by how much i i genuinely loved it it was so good i loved it <laughs> yeah i i really think that what makes this movie shine is matt reeves direction and drew goddard's script drew goddard is a fucking great writer uh oh, he actually wrote bad times at the el royale and he wrote the martian oh nice so and he also wrote the world war z movie which we you know take that or leave that as well yeah. as the cabin the cabin in the woods which is a great movie oh yeah he wrote that yeah drew goddard wrote that yeah he also wrote cloverfield yeah oh shit that's awesome. I love yeah, that. He, now, he started he started his career as the lead writer on Alias. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He he did, he did some good stuff. Shit, I didn't even know. I need to look into his stuff more. Yeah, man. Drew Goddard's a genius. And Matt Reeves, of course, from the Batman and uh, War of the Planet of the Apes films. Uh, amazing director. Amazing fucking director, Matt Reeves. Oh, yeah. Guys, I know we've all seen Cloverfield. So we'll start with you, Aaron. Give us the skinny on Cloverfield. Um, I love Cloverfield. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, it's probably in my top 10. Maybe not top, maybe top 20. I don't know. Maybe top 10, maybe top 20. 20. Could be, could not be. Depends on my day. But literally, I think I have so much that I could say about this movie, but I'm just going to, like, kind of keep it short. It, I think it did... Oh my gosh, let me think what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. It did, like, so have have you guys seen Godzilla 2014? Like, the most recent, like, legendary MonsterVerse Godzilla solo movie. It, it did what that movie wanted to do in the, like, best way possible with, like, keeping the creature a secret in a perfect way and, like, showing it small amount of time, giving it, like, literally no screen time but like did it so effectively like nick was saying that like it was perfect like godzilla 2014 doesn't show godzilla barely at all is kind of what like i'm getting at like it doesn't show him a lot like that that whole movie i was left wanting more of him whereas cloverfield is like showed him the creature less but i didn't want it more because it did it so well and it was horror while giving kaiju like 
it was just so good. The only, my only complaint about the movie, literally my only singular complaint, is also like a I liked about it, and it's the camera. Like, so it's they're physically recording it. So like, there's certain times where the person's like you know running with the camera, and you can't really see what's going on which I don't like about it, but at the same time, like, I think it was, I think it was a reach and it was a good one. Like, I think it has given the movie like longevity. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, it gives it longevity because right after this came out, there was like 946,000 sound footage <laughs> horror movies that came out. <laughs> Literally like, what was the one underneath Paris? As uh, above, so, uh, as oh. above, so below. Yeah. A lot of them are bad. There's like 968,000 of them. Uh, I was going to say the, the same thing. Same thing about the camera thing. Like I was like, I have to watch this at home because I'm going to get sick o- over at the at the cinemas. Because I do, <laughs> I get sick in, in the movies. I, I get, like I did it with the Star Wars. I did it with um, freaking any space movie, Star Trek, any of that. Like I can't watch it in a big screen. I'll get woozy. So like with this one, it was the same thing. And also with the fact that like, I usually want to see what the monster looks like. I usually do. Like, usually I'm like, show it all. Okay. <laughs> like, I want to know what I'm working with here. <laughs> this one listen, is tasteful. You know what listen, I mean? Like, this this movie wanted you here and there. <laughs> this movie wanted you to pay for the premium only fans. Gina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm such a, like a, like, a stickler on i want to see the monster and i don't want to see it when it's dark and rainy and like all the lighting's dark like i don't want to see like club lighting of the monster i want to daylight like i want to see full thing undressed like every <laughs> angle of the creature i need to know what i'm dealing with i need I want to be able to money. draw a picture of it. Yeah, like <laughs> I want to see every angle of the creature. Wants, but in Cloverfield, you. <laughs> no, literally, like just give the whole thing to me so we can discuss on the, like the design. Cloverfield, I was like, I don't care. Like I'm so entertained. I'm so intrigued. I'm loving what this is doing. I don't even care what it looks like. I love it. I love it. I love it. I will say this. Nick is going to be leaving us right now. Nick. Make sure they follow Nicholas. Uh, it's a Nicholas Ripley, Nick Ripley official or something like that. And then it's Futilitarian Librarian. That's his band's name. I know I got that right finally. Uh, yeah, make sure you follow him. Nick, we love you. Okay, bye. We'll see you next time, buddy. Bye, Nick. Bye. Have a good one. That being said, yeah, no. Uh, Cloverfield fucks, dude. I love this movie. This movie's so good. Oh. And it's one of those, exactly what you were saying, Aaron. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's one of those movies where it works so well at them not showing it. And I agree with you about Godzilla 2014. That was the one thing I hated about that movie was it would, it would pass by a TV, which had him on the TV. It would be a pan shot and you wouldn't see him, but it would be on a little TV. And it's the, the smallest fucking TV you've ever seen in your life. It's not a flat screen. And then you wouldn't see him at all. You wouldn't hear him at all. And you didn't get enough of him because all you wanted to do was see Godzilla. It's the Jaws effect in reverse, what that movie did. This movie did the Jaws effect correctly, and it showed us just enough of the Cloverfield Mont uh, creature that we were like, I kind of want to see more. But I, I was I-, I was literally going to say Jaws like this. Cloverfield did what Jaws did correctly, mm-hmm. like it it like did that perfect, just like you said. I was going to say that about Godzilla twenty fourteen. It's like 
it wanted the Jaws effects so bad. And like Gareth Edwards even said, like he was going for like Jaws, like we're the buildup of what the creature is, but like we already know it's Godzilla. We like want to see it. It just didn't do it well enough. Like correct. And then I think another big difference is like you said, it's a Godzilla movie. We didn't know what the fuck Cloverfield was about. The the promos for that was best. That was like we didn't know if it was aliens. We didn't know if it was apocalyptic. And it took all that and threw it out the window. I didn't even know it was going to be a kaiju movie. The the promos for this movie, all they had was just like this shaky cam and some some bullshit falling, and then the Statue of Liberty's head like falls on the street. Like it's a crazy trailer, and you don't know what's causing it. It could have been an earthquake. It could have been anything, like you said. But that's where expectations are different, and that's what Godzilla twenty four failed to realize is that if you're giving us a Godzilla movie, show it to us, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. I like this pick. I think it's a great pick. I love this one. I think it's Shay's turn now. I think it is. I hope so. <laughs> Shay, Daddy, what you got for me? Oh my god. Okay, so I saved. Even though, yeah, I saved best for last. Um, I honestly can't believe that I managed to. I'm I'm gonna be able to talk about this movie because, like <laughs> I said before, the Godzilla movie for everybody. This is my Godzilla movie. Um, it's Shin Godzilla, so 2016, and um, I uh, I remember seeing the uh, the ads for this particular Godzilla on like um, Crunchyroll or Funimation or something, um, and being like, oh, okay, another Godzilla movie, cute. Um, paid no mind to it literally until like this, you know, this conversation came about. Um. And uh, like we were talking about uh, being, um, you know, being uh, maybe a little bit more conservative about showing a monster or something. And ambiguity could be great. This movie is so amazing and wonderful about doing the very extreme opposite because it shows you everything. In broad daylight. In broad daylight. But the and they go through like several evolutions of this Godzilla. They show him actually evolving and they explain like the science, quote unquote, behind it and everything. And it is one of the most fucking horrifying things I've ever seen. And I I love it. I love the design of it. He's I mean, he he feels even bigger. Like his presence is just like so rounded. And so, like, unnerving, but also so tragic at the same time. Because, I mean, there's a lot of Godzilla lore. But this kind of brings it to the forefront. So this is a kind of a reboot, like a modern reboot of the original Godzilla, where it's like, oh, like, there's this thing coming out of the water, and we we don't know what it is. But it's it's really, really fascinating, the um, the angle uh, that the the direction that they chose to go with it because they they run it through as um a, a more of the disaster movie kind of angle but it's really fascinating to kind of see um how everyone is just trying to figure out how to deal with this as a disaster movie so we we know you know um from the uh Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings bombings um and you know other tragedies whether they're they were bombings or war which they actually do mention in the movie fascinatingly and they even like mention the trauma that that 
they're still dealing with like one of the characters is like my grandmother was there like you know we, we and it's just like we we shouldn't have to deal with this but we also shouldn't be hurting our people and it's it's really fascinating just the conversations that they're having um and it's also I if Nick was still here I don't know if he knows this but I know he find it entirely like fascinating that the creator and director of Neon Genesis Evangelion Hideki Anno directed this movie which I did not know until I finished it and um, there's even like some uh, Evangelion Easter eggs hidden in the movie, which I did not know either, having to do with like the soundtrack and his previous works and stuff. But um, the way that he also like instilled just how um, maybe governments and, and systems like Japan and the US, for example, working together to try and figure out how to deal with this disaster. Um, and also just the the existentialist tragic cosmic side behind it because i don't know this is definitely the most threatening godzilla movie to me not only because you see and he just looks really fucking realistic and it's horrifying you see like his eyes and they it looks like a real animal which is not sort of i don't think that's something you can normally say about godzilla is that it looks like a real animal he also has um, a retractable jaw yeah, I mean, well, that he, thing is yeah. like open, like bro. Predator jaw. Yeah, opens up, and um, yeah, it opens up into like three pieces. Yeah, kind of like it, predator, like you were saying. That's crazy. Horrifying. That's you first see horrifying. him, the like literally <laughs> the first shot that you see him, like all of Godzilla does not look like Godzilla. It's this weird, giant, ugly-ass fish lizard with, like, tons of blood, like, gushing out of its gills and stuff. And I I screamed. Um, but, yeah, they just keep it so fascinating. Hideke Anno, too, the, uh, his direction that he took with it. He actually cited the social network as inspiration for how he was directing the actors and how spitfire the co their conversations were. Um, to make everything feel more dire and heighten the pace and everything. And it's just a beautifully done movie. Um, I'm surprised that it, oh yeah, it has a 6.8 on IMDb, which is still pretty high. But um, I really loved the movie. I love the the heart and the logic that they put behind it. But I also love how they also bring this cosmic side to it where it's just like, you don't know when it actually will ever end. And the fact that Godzilla is constantly in agonizing pain and he literally can't help you know just trampling through the city and into tokyo um and being this giant radioactive monster and stuff um but it yeah overall just a really fascinating horrifying movie down to the very last shot so the very last shot i had to rewind i was just like what the hell is that i'm like oh my god um I, but fantastic i loved it i love this movie i love it i love that you loved this movie also it does have an 86 percent score on rotten tomatoes so that's all that is really fucking high uh Aaron, give us a little bit about shin godzilla i could literally talk about this movie for like seven years i feel like this is <laughs> such a good movie it's it's good as a godzilla movie but it's also good as a standalone if no one's ever seen anything about godzilla or knows nothing about it like it does everything 
it, it's so fresh because it's so different. Like the first time I, I saw this in theater um, in 2016 when it came out and I personally didn't like it when I first saw it. I didn't like it. And I think I didn't like it because it was so different than the formula, the original formula of like Godzilla. I was just kind of like off taken. But when I rewatched it, I loved it. Like I like re fell in love with it. It's so good. I love it's the first time we ever see an evolution line for Godzilla. So that is so cool in itself. It's a, it's a, um, you know, more modern reboot. Like you were saying, um, it's, the core theme of the movie, which I love, like love, love is our government, not our government, I guess like Japanese government is so slow to handle the disaster because they're too busy arguing. They cannot figure out like the correct approach for it, that it turns into a tragedy. Like it could have been stopped from the get-go if they would have like agreed on something or like swallowed their pride but like their inability to act is what created the it's called fourth form shin godzilla like you know it's fourth evolution line where it just it's crazy what happens like i truly like this is one of the number one loved movies in the godzilla franchise among among the fan base I love what they did with his beam. Like people will always like say like Godzilla's, you know, atomic radiation breath is blue, right? Blue's like the OG and it's been red a couple times, but it's mainly blue. They made it pink, purple. They gave him a flame breath. They gave him a beam. They gave him beams out of his back. They gave him beams out of his tail. They opened his mouth. They like threw everything we knew about the, the character out of the water and reinvented it in such a fresh, fun way that I just am obsessed. And this was my argument. This might be a little like off the wall, off topic. This was my argument when so many people complained about the new Little Mermaid. I was like, just because the character is different than the original doesn't mean it's not the same character. This is such a complete reinvention of the like of the character that I'm like. If and Godzilla's been reinvented seven trillion different times and different story, different whatever, it doesn't change the fact that he's still Godzilla. That was my argument with the Little Mermaid. I'm like, okay, just because it's not what you think of as the character doesn't mean it's not the character. Sorry, little side tangent. Yes, I love it. So good. Get it, get it, Aaron. <laughs> nice job. Good job on that one. I think you're totally right about that point because. Speaking of reinventions, yes, he's been reinvented seven trillion times, and Shin Godzilla isn't the last time he got reinvented. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, this movie fucks, man. Oh, it's so awesome. fun, dude. It's so fun. It's stupid fun. He's so he's a horror movie villain in this movie. He's literally Freddy Goddamn Krueger and Mike Myers. Mm -hmm. Literally, he's unstoppable. And he evolves, and the color of him changes with the evolutions. I thought the beams out of the back were weird, but they're cool. Uh, the tail beam is also weird, but cool. Uh, he's so fucking huge in this movie. He's so huge. He, that, he's a thick-ass boy. He's thick in this movie. Like, his tail is his tail is gigantic, dude. Like, he's a straight-up straight heifer. The, the overall design of... of I mean, what they did with him and all of his different evolutions is 
so horrifying and just one of the most uncanny designs of like a monster or like an animal type monster that I've ever seen but I love just how unabashed they were with it they showed every part of him like 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 we were talking about like earlier they saw they showed all the angles they showed those dummy thick thighs his big ass tail and like <laughs> even when his little arms come out and he's just like ah here I am but it's so like the detail and the design behind it and the production is just so incredible and so well done um a wonderful script of course you know it's it's got its silly parts um the music is just like do 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 like evangelian music and um it it's really fun but it is extremely horrifying also in a much larger sense and the the subtext is not at all like um that like they're they're very apparent with it and they even bring up um the bombings before and there are all these conversations with how to deal with this disaster um because japan you know as as recently as um i believe it was it was just this year dealing with natural disasters and how horrifying that is and of course we're like with all of the godzilla movies and a lot of other movies disaster movies or or otherwise um you know it's it's the expression of that and how do we deal with that but also i i really liked how they didn't go quite the roland emmerich um <laughs> direction where it's just like oh everyone's fighting and mass destruction and just uh, like indulging in that well most of it is just these really really smart people trying to figure out how they can save as many as possible and evacuate as many people as possible and the frustrations that come with that and the loss of life and oh like there's elderly people who we straight up can't move and how do we you know like um how do we just save as many people as like yes we can um and i i thought that was i think it, it was just like very weirdly but very intelligently just super meaningful and just such an interesting movie and now it's making me think because it's just like the way that it ends too is is it, it there is an ending but at the same time there isn't um because there's always going to be Godzilla uh, Godzilla is is a, a really tough guy um so yeah just very fascinating movie and the last shot is really haunting <laughs> and, um we watched it last night for the first time and Landon was like I'm gonna have nightmares I'm gonna have Godzilla nightmares tonight um but yeah I, brilliant movie I love that you mentioned his little arms because they look like like sticks or like something out of Nightmare Before Christmas like they're they're charred they look charred or yeah. like and then his teeth look like they're from a cactus yeah you know like terrifying and, the and design of this character and this godzilla is so and like kind of like i was saying earlier like i think it really turned me off the first time i saw him is because it was so left field of what we originally know of him the character but like that is what i've grown to love about this one as well like the design is literally like he i can't even compare him to something because he looks like nothing i've ever seen before like and I love that. Like, it's so fun. It's so different. His teeth are, like, crazy. His eyes are crazy. Spines are crazy. Like, every evolution line is crazy. But, like, the tail at the end, like, 
insane. Definitely watch it. There was supposed to be a continuation of the movie, if I'm not mistaken, that had to do with like the, you know, his tail was, it almost was like, they call it the fifth form. He never evolved the fifth time, but like, it looked like he was getting ready to evolve and something was about to happen. So like there was supposed to be continuation and it was supposed to branch into Evangelion somehow, but it never did. So yeah, that's something that's cool about it. I would I love like, to see that, but I think it definitely goes without saying. It's horrifying. His yeah, tail looks like, like a, a burnt little... cigarette. <laughs> it does, I like actually. Your, I like how you put that shade. How you put that shade when, you, like, there's always going to be Godzilla, and 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 you also refer to like how people respond to natural like natural disaster responses, and then Aaron saying, you know, there's a bunch of people who aren't doing anything. They they're too slow to react, and like it all reminds me of like how we react to natural disasters like the hurricanes are getting bigger right our godzillas are getting bigger and we're still responding like it's 1982 you know <laughs> and so so like for me it was just a, it was just a metaphor that i was like you know that makes sense especially for like japan there's always you know the tsunamis there's always the earthquakes there's always the the typhoons that pass through like in, in a sense i guess godzilla can be a metaphor for those sort of things as well that's exactly what he is. Like he's a metaphor yeah. for whatever whatever ails you. You know what I mean? He is that. He is the thing that you fear that you cannot control and that you cannot get rid of. And that's perfect segue to my last pick. Yeah. Probably probably the film that should win best foreign film at the Oscars. Godzilla minus one. It's one of the best movies of 2023. It's the newest Godzilla movie, and it's his newest evolution. And he's thicker than ever in this one. <laughs> Me, I had the pleasure of watching this one with Aaron at the theater. And we enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It is a fantastic film. And Shay, you've been to the movies with me. I don't say a goddamn word. Yes, you do. Huh? If you love a movie while we're watching it, you gush about it to me while we watch it. That's you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Aaron, did I say a damn word during this film? No, I don't. I don't think you did. You you threatened me with violence if I did though, so that's why I didn't. <laughs> his, his exact quote was, uh, "You could you can come sit next to me, but you cannot say anything." <laughs> okay, gotcha, bud. <laughs> this movie's fantastic. You guys have talked about the post World War II uh, Japan. That's exactly where this takes place. It's about a kamikaze pilot who didn't kamikaze himself discovering that this thing exists because it attacks a uh, a naval base on a small island, Godzilla does, and it haunts him in his return to Japan from the war. And he tells stories of this thing, this, this Godzilla. And, it, and, and as he realizes this, he, think, he to himself never regains himself as someone who should be here. He feels like he's a specter in the world because he shouldn't be here because he didn't kamikaze himself. But he's dealing with that as well as this woman who's entered his life randomly. They never explain that. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and he's taking care of her because he, obviously he feels sorry for this woman because she has no home. Nobody has a home. Half the houses in Japan got destroyed by Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And the way that they frame Godzilla is as this unrelenting force that that cares not for feelings nor for anything else. He just has a task, and that is to fuck shit up. 
That's the best way you can frame Godzilla. He is a force. You cannot stop him. They try to. They have these little guns and their little things that they plan. And inevitably, you can't stop him. And I love Minus One because not only does it give us a great representation of the monster, but it made us care about the human characters. They are important to this story. Without those characters, it's still a great, a good, really fucking great monster movie. But what makes this one of the best movies of 2023 is those human elements. It's a fantastic film. It's one of the top 10 best films of the year for me. Aaron, hit us with that mi minus one knowledge. Um, so this movie is very interesting um, for a lot of different reasons. The The first thing that I remember about this movie was when the announcement trailer like or release trailer for it came out it was not that long ago i mean it was maybe six months ago so it's the first time we've ever gotten a trailer for a godzilla movie that's like oh by the way this comes out in like soon so like see you there essentially whereas like before we always get like we know that um the newest godzilla and kong monsterverse movie we've known about it for over a year that it's coming out this year um and this is a toho made godzilla movie so like toho owns godzilla um you know japanese company toho and they they haven't made a movie since godzilla shin godzilla in 2016 so 2023 2016 that's a huge gap of no godzilla movies for like the owner of godzilla that's like disney not making a you know marvel movie for that long but other companies making them so it was kind of a shock for everyone we didn't we weren't expecting another godzilla toho movie um and then to find out that it's a prequel to the original it's the first time that's ever happened um every almost every godzilla movie that's ever happened is a sequel or a continuation of the original movie they've never done a prequel so it's really cool to see like how he came about to be what he was and to see his like evolution in a sense to what he's going to be. And I think that it's the only Godzilla movie besides the 1954 original to have characters that you care about. I think it is literally the only one. And I think that's why the original ones beloved so much is like you love and care for the characters and they're as important as the creature and this one does the same thing with a like a fresh new design with new powers which is all great they also descaled the character you know the budget for the movie was only 30 million which is pretty small but it's done so well that they've extended it like four or five times it's i just saw it like two nights ago in theater it's still playing it was supposed to be out of theaters like in december and it's still there so like that's good it's doing well but like they descaled the character shin godzilla he was so large this is like one fifth of the size of shin godzilla really? so they like completely yeah they completely descaled the character which they haven't done in a long time and i think that helped because it descaled it to where you cared more about the it wasn't so massive mm -hmm. that it's like oh it's affecting hundreds of people every second it breathes right. it's like it's so small that you can he's chasing a boat in one of the scenes mm -hmm. you know and like you're you're stressed for it's like the jaws factor where you're stressed for the people on the boat because like the creatures are going after them 
because yeah. it's they descaled him so much, which I loved. I thought that was a good take on the character. Okay, I'm done. Sorry, I I can talk. <laughs> I, I I love that you said that because I think it's so totally true. He's thicker than normal, but he's not as big. He's got his, all his baby fat because this is the first time Godzilla's been seen. And I I, I love this movie, and I think that it's it's just so fascinating to watch a character that's been around for 70 years in such a fresh way in such a fun way that we as the audience all care about these people but also man when he starts going when he starts doing godzilla shit it's awesome you're just the whole time you're just like well he's about to fuck that up yep and what i love is they use that charge factor for his atomic breath his tail lights up Boom, 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 and then death, and it's amazing, and I and I love it, and and the thing about this movie is, if you have not seen it, I, they're supposed to put out a black and white cut. I will be in line for that, because a black and white cut would fuck <laughs> so hard, because it's a beautifully shot film, it's a beautifully performed film, and that's what I love about it is. I like movies that are well performed and look look beautiful. I could care less about like the action setups and all that. That's not why I go to the movies. I go to the movies to 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 have a human experience, and I didn't expect to get one out of a Godzilla movie, and I did. You know what I mean? That's what makes this such a great and fucking fantastic movie. And the for me, the best international feature of point. I know Anatomy of the Fall is out. I know Zone of Interest is out. But Japan should win the Oscar for this one because it's fantastic. Any last words about Godzilla minus one, guys? I know y'all haven't seen it. Perfect. Not, so, but I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm looking at the pictures and stuff, just comparing. When you said he got descaled, and you, and then I realized you guys had also said it was a prequel. I was like, okay, so what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm finding out right now. So, uh, but yeah, it, like. I'm going to watch it now. Now I got something to watch tonight. You should. You should watch it immediately. It's fantastic. Shay, you, you would love this damn movie. I would. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to see it. But after having seen Shin Godzilla, I think I needed a, a second to breathe because that was a lot of Godzilla to take in one sitting. <laughs> I went from it. Godzilla 2000 to Shin Godzilla. And I was like, oh my God, me and Lana both had Godzilla with Flash. Well, at least you didn't watch the 98 one. Oh, that's a lot of fish. That's eh, a lot of fish. <laughs> Fucking hate uh, that movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll ever watch that one anytime soon. I um, I remember being 14 years old and weirdly coming across the nostalgia critic, like way nasty, dirty throwback to nostalgia critic talking about that movie, and I think I'm good. I think I'm yeah, good. But yeah, I'm, I I, I hate that movie uh, so much. Yeah. Um, seeing the trailer, I was, I was like, okay, so how are they gonna, how are they gonna, what, like, what are they gonna do after Shin Godzilla? Like, I'm like, for me, that's like, I, I can't imagine how you can make it any better. So I'm excited what they bring here. I'm excited to see that they actually made it during, um, that like would like set it in that time period, which I think is insanity. I think that's insane, and I love that idea. Um. But also the what you guys are saying about it being more of a humanist 
story and going more into the characters and everything is is always really interesting for me i think that's a really hard thing to pull off when you have those factors going on at the same time i i, I like I, I totally agree with you there I, I had something in my head here just now what was i gonna say oh uh it's gone no yes got it uh so it's equal parts a good war movie and a good godzilla movie at the same time it's a good post it is a very good movie. war movie it's very good for that and i think that like all the actors did such an amazing job to be completely honest like i don't i'm a i grew up with the dubbed versions of the movies so i'm partial to dubbed but like because i think it's easier to relate when you like i don't know i just think it's easier to relate when they're like speaking english words but i think that this one like i'm so happy i saw it subbed first like i really felt the emotion of the actors like doing an amazing job I just loved it and like this is the first time they've had like his spikes extend like they extend for each one and then they all like push together and he shoots a beam but it's not like a smoke like the original it's like a beam and then it stops so it's like a like a bullet almost like and then it explodes which is and then when it explodes it shows like the mushroom cloud which signifies like the bomb that created him like that's so cool they also do go into that a little bit. They show like a little bit of what happened on Bikini Atoll to create him. And that it's just, it's a quick thing, but it's such a great thing. And this is as much, like I said, a war story as it is a Godzilla movie, but it's also a human story as much as it is about the origins of our very favorite large lizard. And I, I love this movie. I thought it, I, th I think it's a fantastic film and one of the best of 2023. That being said, you know how we do it here. And I warned you, Aaron, that we have a surprise topic every time oh. this one's fun this week in theaters mean girls comes out and it's a musical version of the broadway play mean girls so the question is what movie would you love to see a broadway musical made out of godzilla they already did it <laughs> i freaking knew it hmm let me think of that yeah let me think let me think mm -hmm. well I'll, I'll go first so that i can delay you guys a little bit I would love to see 500 Days of Summer turned into a jukebox musical. Uh, well, that's what you're here for, Will. I'll write it. Hello? <laughs> I'll, I'll write it. It'll you're just be like... Qualified for that. Yeah, 90% of it would just be jukebox. It would just be the Smiths, but yeah, I think I could do it. <laughs> I would... I, classic Gina, I would get any Wes Anderson film to be turned into a Broadway musical. I would love to see the Royal Tenenbaums on Broadway. Holy shit, that would be fun. <laughs> oh, could you imagine the Grand Budapest Hotel on Broadway? That would be beautiful. I would That'd love it. That would be awesome. Everything oh. all symmetrical and shit. That's <laughs> what I love. I was going to say, um, uh, because it is about music and it's super fun and you love all of the characters. It's got a bright, awesome, fun cast of characters and I love 90s culture. I was going to say Empire State. Empire Records. Yes. Empire that is a great. That would have been my second choice. So I'm glad you said that. I I could just imagine uh, the main character uh, in the movie singing Never Met a Girl Like You Before, which plays. Mm -hmm. uh, or or uh, 
or the uh the one character singing Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits. Oh my yeah. god. I that's one of my favorite scenes from that movie where everyone's just jamming together and it's just about the spirit of enjoying music. Like I don't know a movie that would be more perfect for that. Exactly. And, and Ethan Embry's uh, character's just walking around holding that ballerina's foot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know, it was something like so like funny but so pure at the same time. Exactly. I would love to see AJ singing uh singing two AJ's uh, Johnny Whitworth's character singing to Liv Tyler's character about how much he loves her. Yeah. Perfect. And we're about to finish up here. We're just waiting for Aaron's answer to the question. (laughs) I feel like this is such a weird answer. I really would think Kill Bill would be such a cool musical. That's such a dope-ass answer. I that think so that good. there's there is literally so much you could do. Like I'm picturing that like first of all the music is awesome. But like I'm picturing like all the like fighters, like oh that's amazing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but like the I'm picturing all the different fighters like as the background dancers, but like the choreography for the to be like, you know, like yep fighting moves and stuff like that would be so cool and like and oh, then all, all you hear in the background is yeah the costumes the choreography the sets yeah i think that would be a really interesting fun one that they could do a lot with i agree with you wholeheartedly now aaron if they want to harass you online and find you uh for your godzilla expertise where can they find you online if they want to talk to you about giant monster movies Oh my, um, my, I don't really use social media a whole lot, but my X dash Twitter is just my first and last name, A-A-R-O-N-L-A-A-H-N-A. Same with my Instagram and everything. It's all the same. (laughs) Perfect. And make sure you follow him if you're into monster movies, because this guy is always retweeting stuff. He's literally always running to me and saying, look at this, look at this. And pointing the phone in my face and making sure I look at it and then get the latest update on whatever it is that's happening. So I know all the I know he has all the news on all the giant monsters. Aaron, thanks so much for being here, man. I hope you had a good time. Me and my friends are crazy people, but yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. I enjoyed it. If you ever need me to come back, I'll be around. <laughs> yes. And then of course, Gina, Dr. Gina, where Bye, can people Aaron. find you and harass you? Bye. You guys have a good night. Bye, Arid. Where can people harass you online, Gina? Um, well, for me, I'm I'm currently private, looking for looking for jobs. So, but you can go nice. into the previous podcast and you can find my handles there. <laughs> yes, she's currently in incognito. We'll talk about something. I'm going to ask you a question about that in a minute. Uh, Shay Simone, little, little sissy, what up, dog? uh where can people harass you online my dude so please uh harass me mostly about movies or music because that's all i really want to talk about um Bet. i don't really want to talk about anything else <laughs> anymore i'm tired bro i just want to talk about movies i just want to talk about music and art and all of that so you can find me on instagram at limina underscore 1999 so that's like limina but or liminal but without the L in 1999, the year I was born, and also one of the greatest years for movies of all time. Um, I'm a huge Fincher stan. Uh, but yeah, I do uh, 
I kind of do movies here and there. I'm a little bit of a filmmaker. I'm a little bit of an artist. Um, and I have some cool photography projects coming up this and next month. So check that out if you feel like it. I post memes when I can and I'm not fucking exhausted. Thank you. She's an I'm, expert level shit poster. Yes. <laughs> That's the extra. best thing I'm good at. Yes. Extra level <laughs> shit poster. Uh, <laughs> of course, you can follow the website everywhere at Film Snob Reviews. You can follow me at Will Aguizabal. That's W-I-L-L-U-G-U-I-Z-A-B-A-L. If you could read that when I said that, awesome. If not, I don't care. Make sure you're following us and making sure you're doing all that fun stuff. Like and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't done it yet. Donate to the Patreon, goddammit. We need money. And buy an E-Win gaming chair because they're 30% off and they're super comfortable. For Film Snob Reviews, this has been Snobcast episode number 31. We out. Bye! Bye!